Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host. Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey Nochoprano. Hello, Andrew Ruther. Good morning. I am very excited today. I am too. I got to tell you, the weather, I finally feel like I'm in California again. Finally feel like I'm in Southern California again. Spent the weekend in the hot sun of Palm Springs watching some tennis. Came back today. Decided to walk over here, put a hoodie on. Had to take the hoodie off because I was sweating. Yeah. We're back, baby. We are back. I hope it I hope it lasts. I'm looking forward to get back in the ocean if it doesn't rain. Woo! I need to surf. Before we hop get into rid of everything. Beer gut. we by popular demand, people want us to do plugs right out the gate of the show. Is that true? Yeah, right out the gate. Uh, awesome. Steffi Business told us on Twitter he wanted specifically us to give plugs. During the course of the show. The very beginning. And, and just sort of mixed in like, you know, yeah. more loose, less of a strict plug section so that people don't skip through it. Yeah. So now we're sort of doing it as as part of the show. We so, might do plugs three times today. Yeah. I mean, it's not like sometimes plugs aren't even really plugs. We're talking about like the first thing we have to do is more of an invitation. Like if you skip through this. The worst thing for me is when somebody like uh, in in August is like, "What the fuck? You guys were in Amarillo, Texas. I live in Amarillo, Texas." And we're like, "Well, you stopped listening to the podcast five minutes early every day." Apparently, we're gonna we're planning a trip to Amarillo, Texas, to go see the Sod Poodles, the Double A affiliate of the San Diego Padres, where Dirtball Nick Yardley is a uh, member of the front office staff, and uh, we're just now. Sorting out when that trip is going to occur, what exactly is going to go down. So what I did, Andy, because I know you love group chats. I know you've always been a fan of the big of the you know the Mean Girls chat, for example. Yeah. Um, I started a group chat on the Dirty Sports Twitter because uh, a couple of dirt balls, Micah and Wendy and uh, Conrad and Zach and a couple of other guys have already. Uh, said that they're interested in going. So I've made an Amarillo uh, group chat where we'll post information as it becomes available to the people who have said that they are interested. So if you are interested, if you're in the surrounding Amarillo area, anywhere in Texas, New Mexico, southern Colorado, Oklahoma, or if you're just a wild dirtball who likes to travel distances for meetups, slide into our mentions. We'll add you to the group chat, and we'll get uh, some facts and some stats and some figures and some plans laid out for you. Some blueprints. I'm stoked. Amarillo trip. There's rumors I might be putting on the Sod Poodle mascot. Which, if you go to the Sod Poodle's Instagram, is ridiculous. It looks like a 3D. It doesn't even look yeah. like an old mascot costume. It looks like some fucking... It looks like the chipmunk in the Chipmunks movie. And I want to let everyone know, if you don't follow minor league baseball at all, this isn't strict tight rules that the MLB would have. Yeah, it's not like when we tried when I did the first pitch and the girl told me if I took my shoe off that she was going to make sure I was never in City Field ever again. Yeah, so it's not like that. Like we'll probably do we'll probably spend the whole day with our shoes off in Amarillo. Yeah. It's too hot to wear shoes. I'm just saying like 
it's it's going to be a lot more free as far as what we're allowed to do. So anything is possible. Yeah. So slide into our mentions if you want to be added to the Amarillo uh, group chat. Um, Andy, I wanted to do a quick another thing up front. I worked this weekend with Alan Havy. He was the headliner in uh, in Fantasy Springs. If you don't know him, he was on Mad Men. He's currently on Billions, which is my f- f- favorite show at the moment. Um, he's uh, in, you know he's in his sixties, and what a fantastic stand up comic. He uh, I, I I had such a good time with him this weekend. We went and watched tennis. He's a big tennis guy. Um, going to that tennis tournament was incredible. Um, I have a whole new appreciation for tennis after watching it. I watched an 18 year old girl win the women's finals yesterday. 18. She, I, she, I was rooting for her to start because she was 18, but then she was kind of a bitch. She was like yelling and shit. I didn't like it, but I was still happy for her to win. She's 18, which was cool. But I wanted to say, uh, follow Alan Havy on Twitter. He doesn't tweet much, but I feel like if a dirt, if, if there's like an influx of dirt balls, say like at fix your life sent me. Maybe we can kick a little Twitter thing going. I was ribbing him yesterday about having no social media presence. So he's at Alan underscore Havy. Follow him on Twitter. Tell him at Fix Your Life sent you and that he had nothing but kind words to say about him on the Dirty Sports Podcast. So you're into tennis now. I'm not into tennis now, but I... we got to get Michael Costa back on. I, look, my thing about tennis is I've, I was never uh, good at tennis. I played... You know, middle school, they made us play all the sports at my school. And when I played tennis, I just always, like, baseballed it. I always did the Tom Hanks in Bachelor Party. I'd, like, hit it and be like, oh, you put crushed it. And they're like, please stop doing this. You know, some kid would line up his perfect serve, and then I'd hit it and fucking start doing the Carlton Fisk. And uh, I was just never good at it. I played a little paddle tennis out here on the boardwalk, which we should do. Yeah. Super fun. I'm down. Um, But... I had a whole new appreciation. I've gone to the U.S. Open a few times, and I've watched tennis. But when you go to the U.S. Open, especially as a New Yorker, it's just sort of a thing to do. It's like, I don't know. I imagine it's like what going to the Kentucky Derby is if you're from Louisville. You know, you go, you have some beers, you chat with your friends. I, I've, I've been to some opening round matches. I've never been to a finals. Yeah. Um, but when you're growing up, and I'm sure this is the case with you, you watch a little bit of every sport sure. as a kid. Like when you're just bored and it's the summer, you're like, fuck it, I'll put on, you know, Wimbledon, you know? Yeah. So um, I've watched, you know, hours of tennis in my life, but being there in person it, during two finals matches, Federer lost, by the way, to some guy named Theme or Team or something like that, some, some fucking Austrian dude, which was amazing watching Roger Federer play. But tennis really comes down to like one game here or there. Like, one one broken serve, and that's like the whole tennis yeah. match. And that was fascinating for me, watching the intensity, seeing the crowd get into it. But if you have an opportunity to do it, go to the Indian Wells uh, Tennis Garden. They call it Tennis Paradise. And I got to say, I put it on Instagram, at Joe Prano on Instagram, by the way. Uh, the only other tennis matches I've ever been to were at the U.S. Open. And, and the U.S. Open is considered, you know, obviously one of the, greatest tennis tournaments in the world this is more fun and and just more beautiful you're in palm springs the mountains are in the background beautiful flowers palm trees everywhere it's got that like country club vibe as opposed to like new york where you've got that sort of like new york tennis vibe like everybody's in their fucking 
sneakers getting off the seven train and shit like that. So if you like tennis. I think you guys should play. Tennis? Tennis. Against each other. Okay. Have you played tennis? I'm, ter- I'm Somewhat, telling you, I'm, I'm terrible, terrible at tennis. My mom put us in lessons maybe a couple summers, and my family belonged to a swim and tennis club in the summer. Yeah. Obviously, I was on the swim team, but we played enough as kids. Yeah. I mean, I'd be terrible. Yeah. Let's start with paddle tennis. Okay. And then we'll work our way up. We should grab some of the crackheads on Mildred to join us. And play doubles? Bro. So, that that's... Speaking of doubles, what was really fun was uh, on Saturday... I was supposed to go see Federer and Nadal. And I was like, well, this is cool. I haven't been to a ton of tennis tor- tournaments and or a ton of tennis matches, but none of them are on par with Federer and Nadal. Yeah. So I go, we're walking in, and word starts to rumble that Nadal has withdrew because he got hurt in his match before. So we watch um, the other semifinal, men's semifinal, which the guy who, win- who won that ended up beating Federer. And then they're like, stick around. We're going to do something special. So instead of Federer and Nadal, they had a a doubles match. It was Djokovic and Pete Sampras. I saw this. Versus Tommy Haas and John McEnroe. Whoa. With John Lovitz in the chair as the judge. Amazing. It was was really fun. It was kind of cool to watch. That is cool. It's just you know, it's like one of those like celeb matches where like everybody's yeah. joking around and they're fucking around and they're, you know, doing stupid shit. It was cool. It was a really enjoyable tournament, and uh, I'm looking forward to going back next year. I'm making it like a tradition. I'm gonna fucking go to this tennis tournament every year. A tradition unlike no other. A tradition unlike no other. Like no other. And and I gotta say, you know, the one thing that and it's added to my excitement this morning is like, it's one of the great things about doing comedy. Like comedy opens your like I would never would have gone to that tennis tournament yeah without comedy well you got time to kill got time to kill free tickets because I'm with the headliner the tickets were going for Federer and Nadal day I tried to I tried to look before he invited me I go I wonder what it would cost to go tickets on their website sixty five hundred dollars sixty five hundred bucks yeah from the from the tournament site like I'm sure if you had gone to SeatGeek you know the greatest ticket app in the world we you would have been able to find a better deal. But uh, sixty five hundred on their site, and when I get free tickets because I'm in comedy, and I get to go with a fantastic, legendary comedic headliner and spend the day with him, it was it was you know, it's like I feel this is I feel today like how I felt after we saw Walton. Yeah, I noticed the pep in your step. Joe walked over to my place. Yeah, from your girlfriend's, which is a mile probably. You think it's only a mile? Yeah. Maybe a little more. He was actually skipping. I was skipping. I said, what is going on with Prano I've been been walking a little bit more. I've been walking a little bit more lately. Have I rubbed off on you? You going to do a marathon with me? No, absolutely not. You know, I told you the marathon I'm training for, right? The triathlon? No, you you didn't. July 4th, there's there's a Hermosa Beach beer triathlon. Run a mile, paddle a mile on a surfboard, and then drink a six pack of beer. It's the day before my 40th birthday. I'm training to win this thing. I know I'll fucking crush the beer. I'm a pretty good goddamn paddler. So now all I got to worry about is being able to run a mile at a at a hot clip. I like this. I like this marathon. They do this every year in Hermosa Beach? Mm-hmm. It's a great idea. It's pretty much the joke. If it was like a paddle, a six-pack, and then bong hits, I'd definitely take it. But 
I'm gonna have to. I'm just trying to get my mile run time down. Yeah. What do you think I could do a mile if I full sprinted in? Seven minutes. Yeah, but I'd still get in shape for that. Yeah. You could do it in seven minutes. But I feel like I can make up a minute or two in the six pack challenge. Yeah, you're good at chugging beer. And the paddle. What, what's the winner get? I don't know. Fucking fame, fortune, and gift a, certificate to Hennessy's. Yeah, and a, probably your name on a trophy. Well, my marathon is Sunday. I know. And you're, what, what's amazing is you're, you've planned a vacation prior to your marathon. Between now and your marathon, you're, you're drive, are you going to drive five and a half hours up to San Jose and back? That was a joke. Oh, you're not going. You and Tug both fell for it. I can't believe it. I, I, I believed it. Like, it's a, that's a weird joke. It's a weird joke. I'm going so, to see SLU in San Jose. Yeah, my, my alma mater, St. Louis U, is- pl- I, knew, I knew you were joking when you said you were skipping the marathon. Yeah. No, I'm not driving up to see them lose to Virginia Tech. Why not? What if they beat Virginia Tech? Can I, can I do a non-sponsor plug, although we should get them as a sponsor on the show? Check out the Blackbird app. Get yourself a private plane up there to San Jose and back. Well, because we're calling March Madness. Yeah. All day Thursday. Yeah. Which we should reiterate, from opening tip, which is 9.15, I believe, Thursday morning until the final game, Joe, myself, Tug Coker, and some drop-in guests will be live broadcasting. We have uh, we have some dropping guests. Who are who are some dropping guests? Confirmed. We have Andy Lazarus of of Dirty Slides and now Dent Report fame. Yes, uh, former guest and also Venice local comedian Dennis Gubbins. Gubby, his his Oregon squad reeled off four in a row, and they won. And are they playing on Thursday? I don't know if they're playing on Thursday, but they have made the tournament. Wow. So we have those two confirmed. Uh, I have not heard back from Matty Goldberg. What You invited him. I texted him. I mean, him. Matty Goldberg's a, a college basketball guru. Exactly. I texted Goldberg last night, said we'd love to have you on the live broadcast. He did not respond to me. Which Man, if I was praying, I was I'd be playing on the five seed. <laughs> Pump fake. I once scored on Dwayne Wade. I also messaged Yoshi. I picked Marquette to win every year because of my love of Dwayne Wade. <laughs> I also messaged Yoshi. I don't know what country he's in, though. I had to Facebook message him. So those are the people I've reached out to. I'll reach out to a couple more. But, yeah, we are actually going to do basically the first hour of that is going to be our podcast for Thursday. So subscribe on YouTube if you're listening to this, not on YouTube. We're going to be live Yeah, all if you're listening day. to this, not on YouTube. Also subscribe on YouTube. You'll, you'll be able to see the pre-show stuff like Andy's, the gift Andy just gave me pre-show. Yeah. That, that is a YouTube exclusive. But that is probably going to be my last day of actually running before the marathon. I'm going to need like an hour and a half break. People are saying I'm not doing the right method. People, yeah. people said me running pl- 20 plus miles a week out was a risky move. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people who've done this and do it very successfully who have put, you know, how to's. Yeah. How, how much to run, how much I'm not, not to reading run. into any of that. Yeah. So if you are in the LA area and you want to support me, the marathon is Sunday. It starts at, I believe, six. I mean, on Thursday, you're not running like miles and miles and miles, right? I'll do like nine or 10. But you have no idea if that's recommended. I have no idea, and I don't care. I mean, but shouldn't you, shouldn't you like as a from a, just an athletic based standpoint, shouldn't you like have as much rest as possible? You just go hard and like not, not have any wear and tear on you. 
No, I think because you're only basically you're saying your only goal is to get it to beat your brother. Well, I I got to get under four. Right. I want to beat Lazarus. Right. In that it, bat. It, to be under four, but I'm saying you don't think if you did everything right and you had like full strength in your legs that you might be able to go like you might be going to 340 or 330 or something like that. Like if you were at your best, if you're I, at peak, I think if I take off Friday, Saturday, I'll be ready. I am basically buying into the whole mental game. Yeah, I think physically I'm there. Saturday fucking sucked. I wanted to tap out at two hours because it was it was like 78 degrees here. It hadn't been that hot. But I just said, no, you have to push yourself. I pushed myself to run for like three hours and ten minutes. I'm ready. I, I do want, I would love to have like a fat joint or something waiting for me at the finish line. I'm going to be talking shit too, I think. To bystanders, runners, whatever. I think you should, you know, put your blinders on, be focused. I am focused. You know, think of just... Think about your now. Did you consider Mikey's uh, suggestion of selling your playlist? No one's offered actual money. Well, we've tweet we tweeted it, but we haven't talked about it. His suggestion was that you sell fifteen minute blocks of your playlist for anybody that wants to DJ you. I think he said fifty dollars for a fifteen minute block. So basically, people offer fifty dollars, and they get to. And they get to block out 15 minutes on your playlist. But now you have to listen to it. We have sure. to create a marathon playlist. Yeah, yeah. I'd be now, down. No one's trying to like ruin your life, I don't think. You know, it's just, I mean, Mikey was saying, I think he just wanted to like chant like Ruther's gay or something like that. You know, some real like 1998 shit. Classic like, Mikey. Yeah, classic Mikey. Not afraid to be still calling people gay in, in 2019. What happens if Mikey meets my brother Brad? Um, they probably make out. <laughs> right? My brother's actually going to be probably, in town. My you know what? You know what's funny? Mikey Mikey is such a fucking dork. Like he is I I've never called my brother Mikey a dork except when it comes to like patriotic shit. Like he gets his kid like USA fucking stars and stripes cleats for baseball and shit like that. Like he he thinks my Kaepernick stance is like despicable. So he would get along with my brother. He'd probably salute your brother. You know what I mean? He'd probably be like, sir, great to meet you. Thank you for everything you've done Thank for you our for country. Thank you for your service. Yeah. He'd be like, your, brother, your brother's so gay for not going to Iraq. And they'd be like, yeah. And they'd hug and then they'd fucking kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Like Mikey, Mikey wants to suck like a bald eagle's dick, you know? He's like, I'm not gay. I just want to fucking suck off a bald eagle. Yeah. Because America. He loves America. That's funny. Like, I'm not sure he's not behind Cloyd Rivers, you know? Yeah. If if, if Cloyd Rivers, if you took all the punctuation out of Cloyd Rivers, I'd be positive it was my brother. Because Mikey doesn't know how to use a comma, even though he was almost an English major. <laughs> Save for those th four credits. Hey. We all see what that English degree did for me. Yeah, exactly. You guys are, it's amazing that you and Mikey are both English majors. About the same age. Let's get to March Madness. Let's do it. Is that the hot, the hot take opening? That is. Let's go. The bracket was announced yesterday, Selection Sunday. My prediction of Duke National Champs from months ago, which I took a lot of shit for, just calling them outright. They're like, you don't even watch college basketball. Well, I watched Zion play. 
I watched fucking R.J. Barrett play. Well, Duke is, as I pull this up on my computer, Duke is the biggest favorite since 2014-2015 Kentucky. A current Vegas odds, according to Caesars Palace right now, Duke is a 2-1 to one favorite. Wow. To win it all. Virginia comes in at 6-1. to one. North Carolina, 8-1. to one. Gonzaga, 8-1. to one. Kentucky, 10-1. to one. Tennessee, 12-1. to one. Michigan State, 15-1. to one. And then after that, you have Michigan and Texas Tech at 25-1, to Houston and Purdue at 30-1. to So those are your current Vegas odds-on favorites to win it all. So Duke is three times higher a favorite than second, which is Virginia at 6-1. to Which, going into this, let's just be honest, you and I have not watched much college basketball. This is probably actually... Full disclosure, the least amount I've watched. I've watched actually more college basketball this year than, I don't know, something about this year, for some reason, college basketball seemed to be on when nothing else was on this year. Yeah. Which which happens from time to time on a Saturday morning or whatever. Um, I've watched all of the Duke-UNC games. Okay. Good point. I, I did watch all those. Yeah. So, I mean, no, I've still, trust me, I've watched less than eight full college basketball games. I watched a fair amount this weekend. I watched St. Mary's Gonzaga, uh, that, that, that tournament game. Can we bring up Shabelli real quick? Sure. Shabelli deleted a tweet I was already... I had... You were poised to reply to? I had already written it. And when and I hit... You hit said you cannot reply to a deleted tweet. Yes. The amount of times that that happens to me after I tweet one of my fucking hot tweets. So Shabelli tweeted, Road to the Final Four, Duke versus Gonzaga... And Duke's was just a, a straight, narrow freeway. Gonzaga's was, you know, twists and turns. In, in terms of geographic location? Basically, how difficult it was. Right. Saying Duke's path was narrow and easy. And well, Duke's the one overall seed. Yeah. So then they play the six, you know, the worst 16, correct? Yeah, but they also, Michigan State's in their bracket, too. Yeah, yeah. I had responded this to Shabelli. Even though I couldn't tweet it. Duke won their conference tournament. Gonzaga didn't. Duke plays in the ACC, the best conference. Gonzaga plays in an intramural league. And I and I literally put an asterisk. Please respond to me about how Gonzaga beat Duke in early December when Duke's players had just met each other 10 days before. Yeah. So that's my response to that. Oh, here's my response. Gonzaga's losing to Syracuse. Oh! That's my hot take of the tournament. No chill bomb. Duke's winning it all. Like I said, two and a half months ago. Gonzaga's losing to Syracuse. The eight-seed Syracuse in the second round. You got Bayheimed. Oh! You're going to get run over by a car. (laughs) Gonzaga's going to be walking along a snowy freeway in upstate New York. And then, boom! Bayheimed. Bayheimed. You got Bayheimed. I looked at it. I turned into fucking laughing dog mean. I talked. I turned into fucking uh, what? What's that cartoon uh, dog gif? Muttley, <laughs> who I've been claimed as. Somebody claimed I was Muttley laughing yeah. at you. When I fucking when I saw it, Gonzaga's got Jim Beheim Syracuse in the second round. I just turned into fucking Muttley. <laughs> yeah, you done. Those are my two hot takes for the tournament. Everything else, I don't know. I'll get back to you on Thursday. Duke's winning it all. Gonzaga's losing to Syracuse in the second round. Those are some of your hot takes. Those are my only hot takes. I don't 
I don't mind that one at all. Like, that's one that I could totally see. If they do make it to the Sweet 16, we would see Gonzaga in Anaheim. You, Tug, and I have discussed going. You're going to make me put on my glasses for the bracket, huh? Okay. We don't have to go through this. No, we can't. I like I like it. I enjoy it. Specifically, I enjoy uh, knowing, you know, those games in Anaheim. We should definitely go down to some of those games. Uh, so that those Anaheim games would be what, this weekend? No, 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 no. Sweet 16 Elite Eight. Okay. Got it. Well, let's look at the – we'll just we'll, – look, here's what we're going to do, just so everybody knows. We're not going to go fully in-depth. We have about 12 hours to kill on Thursday. Absolutely. So Joe and I, again, have not watched an insane amount of college basketball. Tug Coker has. That's why he's going to be with yep. us for the marathon. We'll fully dive into it during the live broadcast Thursday, which, again, will be live starting opening tip-off. Let's just go through different regions, see some other upsets we like. So we can start here with the East. Uh, any big upsets? I like the possible – there's always a 12-5 upset. Yeah. What is LIB? Liberty. Okay. That's an interesting game. Sure. In you my opinion. So. I haven't seen either team play. How about LSU-Yale? Ooh, LSU a three seed. I don't know anything. I don't know anything about either of those teams. I've seen LSU play, but here's what I do know about LSU. Do they ever fucking do well in the basketball tournament? Isn't this like their thing? I they've burned me. They burned me with Shaq. They burned me is with this, Ben Simmons. He didn't even make the tournament. Does this name ring, ring a bell? Stromile Swift. Sure. How about how about the year they had Big Baby and uh, who's the other guy that was on the team with Big Baby? can't remember but they've burned me in yeah. the past yeah they've burned everybody because they've never played well in an NCAA tournament yeah I'm not say, like I'm not saying they're gonna lose to Yale but if if I if they did lose to Yale I'd be like yeah that's about right I, li- I like that game I think that's gonna be a close game Les Miles coaches them every year come playoffs how about this game Louisville against Minnesota now everyone's talking about this because clearly the committee Wants storylines, and this storyline is, is that Rick Pitino's kid, Rick Pitino's old school that he has sued for forty million dollars, yeah, against his son's school. Rumor is that Rick Pitino will be attending that game. Wow, here's a fun Mikey Prano fact: friends with friends growing up with young Rick Pitino Jr. Really? Yeah. How so? I don't know. They were all just. I think he was. He was in New York. I don't know, fucking rich kid shit through Danny and AJ, his friend AJ and all that shit. Yeah. I've met young Rick Patino a few times. So this is clearly obvious, right, yeah. that the committee is trying to – Great. Because they always deny – and I don't know why they deny it. I'm all for it. They deny that they're trying to create storylines, basically like a reality TV show. This is 100% a storyline. Yeah. They didn't randomly pick Louisville against Minnesota. Great. I didn't even know Louisville could play. Yeah. I thought they were banned. Why are they not? It's still under... They said this investigation is fully going to take a while. They need the rape kits to come back? I don't know. what the fuck is the... But I will fully be rooting for Minnesota. Okay. Because fuck you, Chris Mack. You Benedict Arnold fuck. I still hate you. Every time Louisville's on, you left Xavier. You're a Cincinnati guy. You alma mater from my high school as well. You're a piece of shit. I'll be rooting for the Gophers. That entire game. You're like a spurned ex-boyfriend. It's like it's like years later and you're like, fuck their wedding. 
Fuck them being soulmates. We went out on three dates. She's a bitch. I hate her. I stand by what I said last year. When has a guy ever left his alma mater and the city he grew up in? Didn't we? Didn't we like? Give we did. Multiple and I'm not, examples. No, we really didn't. From a power conference. That that's all I have to say. I I wish nothing but bad things to the Louisville basketball program because of Chris Mack. So go Minnesota. Okay. Well, that's the uh, that's your. East hot takes. Now there was a lot. Oh, we got to talk about my school, the Billikens. Well, you just said they're going to lose to Virginia Tech. You didn't even give them a chance. The four thirteen. What a prime upset game. Chance to take on was that Mississippi State in the second round or Liberty? Yeah, Liberty ain't winning that game. Even the five twelve. I'm not getting Liberty. If that was Long Beach, I'd been like, yeah, that was like Long Island Butler or something like that. Liberty. The fuck is that? Sounds like a car insurance. The thing I watched... Liberty, Liberty. <laughs> I watched... The- Mich- Mississippi State in a 5-12 game against 1877 Cars for Kids. <laughs> I watched the first half of the SLU game yesterday. I hadn't watched them all year. They didn't make a field goal until 11-30. They looked awful. Who? St. Louis University? St. Louis U. And they still won. They're down by nine at halftime. Billikens pride. No, but I tweeted this out. The Ruther curse is bad. Billikens don't fly, but that's okay. Yeah. Do Billikens fly? I don't know what they do. I don't, I don't, is it a bird? No one knows what a Billikens It's a Buddha-looking thing. It's a bird, though, right? Or no? A Billikens? Yeah. I thought it was like a bird. It's not like a puffin? I mean, what is this thing? I, I'm asking you. What is it? I don't know. This is the statue on campus. That everybody used to pee on. Uh, that's weird. That's not a bird. It's like Buddha. I mean, go, don't go to images. Just go to like definite, like what is a billikin? We've talked about this on this show. I know we've talked about this. What is a billikin? He's a symbol of good luck. Okay. He's like a leprechaun? Your fucking shit is the leprechauns? The leprechauns? It's basically an Asian leprechaun. You you have a you have an Asian leprechaun. Yeah. Who invented the Billiken? Florence Pretz, a Missouri art teacher and illustrator, parented her design for an image of the Billiken in 1908. In 1908, an art teacher designed your mascot. It's what pathetic. the fuck? St. Louis U is the only university to claim the Billiken as a mascot. No he's, shit. He's noted good luck <laughs> charm. In Osaka, Japan, a wooden Billiken statue sits in some tower where the visitors rub his feet for good luck, just like on our campus. You're supposed to rub his belly for good luck. So, yeah, it's... Are you supposed to rub his belly or are you supposed to rub his feet? You're supposed to rub his belly in St. Louis. This was the one on campus that everybody would rub his belly. creepy. But everybody would pee on it when they got drunk. And then other people would come by, and then adults would come by and rub it the next day for good luck. You know what's not good luck? Piss on your hands. Yeah. So it's like a... I don't know. It's an Asian fat leprechaun. Yeah. Basically. Not a bird. I thought it was like a puffin. It's a unique mascot. You got that going for you. It's like a leprechaun. It's like the fighting Irish. It's like a leprechaun meets... Buddha. Buddha. Meets uh, Sloth from Goonies. Yeah. It's what a billikin is. Yeah. But they don't score enough points. 
That's what I gather from that game. They got to get some piss on their hands before yeah. the tournament. They need that good luck. Uh, another big storyline out of the East, like I kind of said earlier, was that Michigan State won the Big Ten tournament, and their reward was getting Duke. A lot of people thought they should well, be. Can we? The people, I've been, I've been hearing this already. People go, Ugh, they've, and they've gotten Duke. They get Duke in the fucking Elite Eight, right? Yeah. So, at some point, you're gonna have to play somebody. May as well play him for a shot, like. I know getting to the Final Four is like a big fucking deal, but like, why not play Duke to get to the Final Four instead of playing Duke in the Final Four? Yeah. Who gives a shit? Well, let's move to the West region. You already have made the prediction. Gonzaga is going down in the second round to Syracuse. I am. Which means they have to beat Baylor yep. in the 8-9 game. Yep. Here's an interesting stat I saw. Which he- means they'll probably lose to Baylor. But if Syracuse wins, Syracuse beats Gonzaga. The 8-9 matchup heading into this year's tournament throughout the history of the NCAA tournament. Nines have won more than eights. It's completely split. 50-50. That's how fair it's been on the 8-9. Wow. Marquette Murray State. I'm gonna Yeah! S- <laughs> 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 I'm going to say upset alert. Very high upset alert. Murray State's got that one dude. What's his name? Uh, no I- chance. Murray State's going to do about as well as I did against Dwayne Wade. Marquette going to the Elite Eight. Yeah. The Racers, I believe they're called. The they, Racers? They got some, the they got racists? some players. The Murray State Racists? They're all black dudes, so. The, black dudes can be racist. Yeah, I know. Uh, so you like Murray State over Marquette? I think that's a big upset to possibly watch. Okay. Is FSU is at University of Vermont? UVM? Yes. Wow. The Catamounts. Jay Lloyd is texting me, by the way. Breaking news. He is very anxious. He sent a package. It's like he wants me to go to my mailroom right now. He's been he's been chirping well, all week. We'll be back Thursday with a fucking 12-hour podcast. We can open all kinds of mail. Yeah. I appreciate that he sent something. He's been texting me alerts since Friday. That it has arrived. No, that it hasn't arrived. He just sent me a text. That's all pop up on my screen. That it has arrived now. It claims it's arrived. Well, well, we'll display it on Thursday's episode, whatever it may be. Or if I have time during a call while a call is playing, okay. I could run and grab it. I just, Jay Lloyd, hop into the comment section. You need to explain why it has to be open today. Right? Sure. Because if not, like you said, we can do it on Thursday. Yeah. Well, there's no intern here. Aaron's in law school right now. Right. Buffalo plays the winner of Arizona State and your boy, Chris Mullins, uh, Johnny's. By the way, in con- Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're going to Tulsa. We're going to win the game. We're going to beat ASU. Sun Devils, no way. Well, that game's in Dayton. Dayton. That's the playing game. Yeah. No, we're going we're gonna to go to Dayton, obviously. We're going to go to Dayton. One of my favorite places in the world to play, Dayton. Go to Dayton, beat ASU. ASU traveling east, east, west to east, no way. Not beating us. Gonna come out there with the Johnnies. We're gonna do Johnny things in Dayton, right? ASU's got no chance. It's Sun Devil versus a Red Storm. What would you take? What would you take, honestly? I mean, you got no chance. We're, we're a storm of redness. And we're gonna come in there, we beat ASU, and then Buffalo. Yeah, right. Buffalo? I've been to Buffalo. The idea that they call Buffalo part of New York is offensive to me as a New Yorker. Queens, New York. Bronx, New York. Manhattan, obviously New York. Staten Island, eh, look. I wanted to secede from Staten Island. I thought we should cut Staten Island off years ago. 
But Staten Island is more New York than Buffalo. Buffalo's fucking Canada. You get out of here, Buffalo. No way. We beat up. What What is Buffalo? What are they like the? What are they, the Buffaloes? The Buffalo Buffaloes? You can't be. You, the only thing that's allowed to have the same name twice is New York, New York. New York, New York. That's how it goes. You're the Buffalo Buffaloes. Is that a fucking thing? Come on. Stupid. The only thing, the only real team in New York, the St. Johnny's. And we're going to do it. And we're going to go, not only that, not only are we going to the second round, we're going to the Sweet 16. Johnny's the Sweet 16. Mark it down. Michigan, get ready because we're coming for you. Red versus blue. What color do you like? Who likes blue? Blue sadness. Red, fire, heat, hotness, winning. A lot of people think red means stop. Not in New York. You ever seen a New Yorker stop at a red light? Not, I haven't. Not, my, not on my watch. Go right through that. Red's green in New York. So, yeah. What? You you having a choking fit over there, Ruther? You choking? Sorry. I got some phlegm. Big blue. Get ready. Big red's coming. A red storms are coming. It's going to be like it's gonna be like when your wife's on a period. Red storm all over your house, taking you downtown. Big house, big trouble. Good to hear from Chris Mullen. It's been a minute. It's great to be here. Great to be here as always. Love love the show. Love you guys. Love that there's a New Yorker there supporting me in New York. I like knowing that there's New Yorkers in California looking out for us, you know, in case we get attacked from the West, you know. Brandon will tell us three hours in advance. Hey, they're coming. He's like Paul Revere. I like it. Watch out. The Japs, they're here on the West Coast. They're headed East. I like it. I like knowing I got eyes out there. I don't think you can say that anymore, Chris. I think that's highly offensive. Look, I'm allowed to say what. You, you're going to come to Queens? Fight me over it? I dare you. Walk into, well, I dare you to walk into the Queens and say what I can and can't say on my fucking campus. I'm Chris goddamn Mullen. Play on Team USA. Play on the Dream Team. You play on the Dream Team? Hi. Welcome. You have complaints? Did you play on the Dream Team? Then get the fuck out of here. Now, if you're if you're showing up to my door with a complaint and you're John Stockton, you played minutes on the Dream Team, you know? You're Magic Johnson. You're the captain of the Dream Team. Maybe I'm listening to you. But if you played less minutes than me on the Dream Team or you were not on the Dream Team in 1992, you don't get this. This comment section is not open f- with your complaints, okay? Welcome to the comment section. Were you on the Dream Team? No. Get the fuck out of here. Great to be here. Great to be in the tournament. Can't wait to play in the Sweet 16. Michigan, watch out. Or Red Storms are coming. Although, honestly, I'm not sure Michigan makes it past Nevada. Chris Mullen, hot take of the week. Ooh, I like that. Thanks for visiting, Chris. It's great to hear from you. Great to hear from Chris. It really has been a minute. Yeah. He always resurfaces around the tournament. Yeah, I have a feeling we'll hear from him on Thursday. Yeah, I have a really good feeling about that. And I also like his pick in Nevada. Yeah. I like Nevada to possibly upset Michigan. Uh, here's another Andy Ruther take. I'm going to be a homer, a local homer, because they're basically about six miles from where I grew up. Be on the lookout for Northern Kentucky University okay, as to upset Texas Tech. Now, is it true that Northern Kentucky's mascot is the Collinsworths? Is that true? It should be. They're the Norse. The Norse. Yeah. That's awful. They should probably... Yeah. I'm not even a Chris Collinsworth fan, but they should probably change it to the Chris Collinsworth. They should be. Yeah. Fun fact about me, I went to Northern Kentucky University basketball camp when I was nine. Wow. Yeah. That should tell you all you need to know about the quality of their basketball program. Yeah. Andy Ruther was allowed there. They were Division Two back then. Wow. They played in basically a high school gym. My parents did not want to buck up the money for- Cincinnati basketball camp? Or Xavier, the, the two better programs in the greater Cincinnati area. So I went to Northern Kentucky basketball camp. 
Shout out to former Northern Kentucky coach Ken Shields. I think he's dead now, but uh, he was the head coach back then. And uh, what did Ken Shields think about your game? I had a good camp. <laughs> I had a good camp. I got a scholarship offered by the end. Not gonna lie, I think I was named uh, in my age group. You know, one of the like the top five or six guys. <laughs> Talk about participation trophies. One of the top six guys in my age group. No, out of like no, like they give me the green ribbon. Out of like fifty kids or something. Give me a purple. They give me a maroon ribbon for finishing sixth. They have a, actually a very. They've progressed quickly now. Yeah. They used to always win the title. Uh, they won it a few times for Division Two. Now they're making the tournaments, and they have a nice new arena. It's almost like um, winning their shitty little thing wasn't enough for them. They found a way to move up and play in big, bigger and better stakes. Anyway, uh, did we talk about Gonzaga's West Coast Conference Championship yet? <laughs> they weren't even the West Coast Conference champions. No. They lost to St. Mary's. Love it. The Gales. Go Gales. I have a lot of friends who went to uh, St. Mary's, including Damo. Keep it. Okay, Jay Lloyd is claiming it's the greatest, sorry, as I hop into the comment section here on YouTube, it's the greatest piece of art the Smut Studio has ever seen. That wow. is a bold claim. Bold claim. We have two, we have two dead Harambes. We've got a, a, merman, Bill, a Bill Walton signed jersey. A merman? Yeah. You as a centaur? We have Mark Messier's dick out while he poses with Arnold Drummond. It's a good question. What is the best piece of art or memorabilia on the Smut Studio wall at this I mean, point? I think a, a Bill Walton. I, I wish it was a Blazers jersey, but a Bill Walton signed Celtics jersey, throwing it down on our wall every episode. And I have to compliment you. If you're not watching this, this is basically we're almost complete. Joe has even changed the set since last episode. I think as I look on YouTube right in front of me, I think the set looks wonderful. You know, I... Uh, I've been told that had I not been a comedian, some of the some of the different, you know, things I could have done for life were lawyer. A lot of people said I could have been a lawyer. I agree. My refusal to lose an argument, and uh, art director. Ooh, I can see that. Yeah, I like art. I like directing. Is it true that Italians are just are you're very meticulous with things? Is that an is that an Italian characteristic? I, mean, I think. I, think uh, I don't know. I. I think Italians tend to be, you know, you know, uh, a high fashion uh, culture. But my dad was very, very. My dad's like beyond meticulous as compared to me. Like, yeah, you know, he. My dad's an artist, uh, obviously clothes designer. He's very meticulous. So I think I've got a little bit of that from my dad. My dad was big on you. Can't, you can't wear this with this. You know, shoes got to match your belt. Well, you've been so judgmental on my outfits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and then and then even like design, like our house that I grew up in, like he took a lot of care of every little nook and cranny and the gardens and the fountain and the, you know, the patio, every little thing. There's a plant here and there's a little fucking yeah. thing there. So, yeah, I think I get that from my dad. And, you know, that's probably a big part of him being Italian, being a real Italian. I think it's a great characteristic to have. I mean, I'd be lost. If I didn't have you to do this set. You'd still have yellow walls, a yellow carpet, a green couch. It'd be disgusting. Everything in here at one point was the same tint of like can we argue, fluorescent light yellow. Can we argue that look who's been the foundation of changing? Two Italians. Yeah. 
I'm not going to say his name. Maybe that's a little quick little re- reveal about the mayor. But the mayor is Italian. Yeah. You're Italian. Tommy DiGiorgio. <laughs> did I just spoil the fucking mayor's name? You did. Oh, Tommy D. Let's move on. Let's move on to the South, where Virginia is the number one seed. Three ACC teams are number one seeds. Uh, they now, will not- who are they playing? UVA? They were playing Gardner-Webb. Okay. That's not Weber State. No. Gardner-Webb. And if they make it by, last year they were the Isn't first. Gardner-Webb, Ch- Chevy Chase's character, and Caddyshack? <laughs> oh, Gardner-Webb. Yeah, sounds Keep about it. right. Keep it. If they actually beat a 16 seed after last year becoming the first team to ever lose, they'll play the winner of Mississippi and Oklahoma. I do not see UVA making it through. To the Final Four? No, I do okay. not. Sorry, Tug Coker. I know we're going to discuss at length this on Thursday, but they just – first of all, that style of play bores the shit out of me. That slow it down, I I, I can't stand it. Out of this region, I have seen Tennessee play a couple times. A couple teams in this region got shafted, in my opinion, on their seeds. Cincinnati should have been higher than a seven seed. They got shafted. Villanova, while they're not as good as last year's team, they still won the Big East regular season and the tournament, and they got a six seed. Now, explain something to me. It's a fucking tournament. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand why people care about their seeds so much. I mean, I understand caring about the one seed, and I understand caring about the two seed. Yeah. But, like, after that, like, so who got screwed with their seeds here? I've, in my opinion, from what I've seen, Cincinnati is a seven seed. I think they should be higher. Okay, so how high should they be? They should be the five? Five or six. Okay, so is it is it like a huge difference for, like, look at it this way. Cincinnati is a seven, so they get Iowa in the first round as opposed to Oregon in the first round if they were the five seed. And now they get to play Tennessee in the second round instead of the one seed UVA. If they win, yeah. Right. So I'm just saying it kind of all works itself out, yeah, right? Yeah, fair enough. Like, I, I, people complaining about seeds kind of bothers me. Like, I get if you felt like you deserved the one seed. I see your point. You didn't. But, like, if you're the six seed, oh, we should have been a four seed. How would that have fucking changed your life? I see your point. I don't sit there and bitch and moan. I'm just saying... Teams. Cincinnati's like, fuck, we got to play even, Iowa instead even of Oregon. Tennessee, Tennessee, in my opinion, plays in the SEC. They beat Gonzaga. Yeah. You look at Tennessee's losses, they're all against amazing te- like, 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 this is always my knock on, on a team like Gonzaga. I get that you only lost three games. 16 of your games, and come at me, Gonzaga fans, any of you. It's not Gonzaga fans. It's fucking just any fans of the mid-major. It's like, but sixteen of your games are in an awful conference, right? Sixteen. Half your schedule is in a dog shit. Like we're not talking. So with football, they do the Power Five. Sure. With basketball, they do the the Power Six. Okay. So my point is, if you're not in the Power, the Power Six teams and Duke and UNC and fucking Michigan State. But like, if you're not in the Power Six conference, and Gonzaga's not, you mean to tell me Gonzaga only loses three games if they play in the SEC or ACC? How hard it is! But those teams get in. You can't lose five games in the 
West Coast Conference and get in as opposed to the SEC where you can or the ACC where you can. So, I mean, it all balances itself out. That's why the tournament is great. That's why the one thing college sports does have right is a fucking basically all-inclusive tournament as opposed to college football where it's like, well, we fucking dominated the fucking Pac-12 this year. That sucks dick. We should fucking be the best. We should be the number one team in football. It's like, no. Play in a fucking actual tournament and now you can – it's all going to get sorted out. Don't bitch about your seeds unless you're a one seed or a two seed. And here you go. Here's your fucking tournament. If you don't win it all, shut the fuck up. Yeah. If Gonzaga loses to Syracuse in the second round, which I believe they will, shut the fuck up. Well, why are we the two seed in that one? We should have been the two seed in this one. We've gotten fucking blah, blah, blah in a second. Well, playing a fucking real conference. And the last region is the Midwest. UNC is the number one seed. Uh, some possible upsets. Auburn coming off the SEC tournament, you see this all the time. A team comes off an amazing tournament run, and then they lose right away. Okay. To I th- New Mexico State? I think upset alert for New Mexico State. Um, some other possible upsets. Wofford over Seton Hall. And I like... Is Wofford, is that where the kid goes? The fucking other top seed? Or is he at Murray State or something like that? Murray State. Got it. Are they in the tournament? Yeah. Okay. Remember, they're going against... Uh, God, who are they going against? We just went over this. Murray State is going against Marquette. Oh, that's the one you like. Yes. I really like the Murray State Marquette. Yeah, because that kid from Murray State is basically like the Dwayne Wade of this tournament. He's Yeah, he's going to be a top 10 pick. He's going to be a top 3 pick. Top 3 pick. He's the other guy. It's yeah. Zion, RJ Barrett, and him. Yeah, you're right. And I, I think Seton Hall Wofford is you have potential upset. Just, oh, you're counting out the Pirates. The thing, the thing is, they have a. I forget his name again. I don't watch enough Seton Hall. I've seen them play a few times. They did beat Kentucky in a neutral court. Yeah. They have a good guard. Guard plays big, especially. Don't sleep on West Orange, baby. <laughs> especially upperclassmen. But I like Kentucky coming out of this region personally. Okay, even over UNC. Yes. I like Kentucky. Okay. How about Kansas? I know this is no, like the year that no, they haven't. No. They're not good this year. Okay. How about Houston? No. Houston's good. But I like I like Kentucky coming New out. New Phi Slamma Jamma? They're more they're probably a more Phi Tri Shada in the current basketball, right? Yeah. Everybody just shoots threes now. But we'll go over it again Thursday. We'll have Tug here with his... Tug's going to come with notes. I already know Tug. Yeah. He's going to come with full notes. If I know anything about Tug, he's coming with notes and great hair. Yes. Well, if you want to go to any March Madness games, obviously you have the next couple weeks to choose from. We'll be in uh, Anaheim. We're going to possibly, most likely, go head down to the pond, the Why Honda not? Center. Why not? Let's go. We're going to get those tickets on SeatGeek. We should do. We should see if it's... Uh, well, I guess that... It still wouldn't be baseball. I was going to say we could do a doubleheader, get over there to fucking Angel Stadium, but open day still a couple weeks away. We'll have to go back for Cultural Appropriation Day. No, actually, it's going to be around that time. Well, opening day is what? The 27th? 27th, 28th? Yeah. So it could be? It could be. We'll check it out. Seeky! Might have to hop on Seeky. Let's look on Seeky. Guys, 
If you haven't used SeatGeek, download the app right now. You can get tickets to any live event. We use SeatGeek for spring training, as we've talked about. Joe's going to look at SeatGeek right now for a possible Angels Sweet 16 slash Elite 8 doubleheader down in Anaheim. You can get concert tickets, comedy shows, you name it. All available on SeatGeek, and you can see exactly where you're going to sit, which is my favorite part of using the app. And best of all, all Dirtballs get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. So just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code DIRTY today. That's promo code DIRTY, D-I-R-T-Y, for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Okay, I think later on in the show, I might have to get his mail... People are really wanting it in the YouTube comment section. Jay Lloyd is now claiming it is it would be great for content, and content is king. So maybe we might have to possibly get that during Dirtball Calls, if we get to Dirtball Calls. But I want to move to some NFL news. Big news from my boy Joe Prano here. One of his favorite NFL quarterbacks, Fitzmagic, Ryan Fitzpatrick, is headed to South Beach. Yeah. I kind of like this move. Okay. Well, I like it, I like it for, a num- for a number of reasons. One... Um, the Dolphins quarterback depth chart was a fucking debacle. Yeah. Um, two, Ryan Fitzpatrick, once again, signed to be a starter somewhere. Uh, three, I think that it makes that like, do I think that the Miami Dolphins win the AFC East? Of course not. What a horrific idea. But let me say this. They're going to be considered the fucking worst team in the division, right? People are super high on the Jets, Le'Veon Bell, blah, blah, blah. The Buffalo Bills, like, oh, we got Frank Gore. We got blah, blah, blah. Everybody's fucking Buffalo and Jets fans are turned. Like, we're going to be the next team that takes over one break. But if let's say Tom Brady fucking shreds a knee this year. Couldn't you just see... The Ryan Fitzpatrick no, Dolphins. No, I'm loving it. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a couple bucks on them to win See, the division because I'll get like thirty to one. This is where you and I have had our fundamental disagreement on Ryan Fitzpatrick. To me, he is a average NFL quarterback. As a starter, he'd be probably the best backup in the NFL. Well, he's clearly the best backup in the NFL because every other year when he goes from backing up they're like he was such a good backup we're gonna make him our starter but that but then again that 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 actually feeds into my argument this i saw a stat if he throws a pass barring injury for the miami dolphins he will become the first quarterback in nfl history to throw a pass for eight different teams yeah but that this is that I I I completely disagree with you this we just this is where we have our disagreement yeah, which we is have fine our, we we have our disagreement because Every year when a team looks around, it's not, okay, let's take a shot with this guy. Let's see. It's like the first guy in everybody's list is like, we know Fitzpatrick can come in. We know he can learn the offense. And the beauty of of uh, se- the second part of Ryan Fitzpatrick's career is after he went from being like the kid who went to Harvard, yeah. he's a game manager or whatever, the, the Fitzmagic portion of his career is great because – the last thing you want if you're the Miami Dolphins with your trash team and your no fucking thing is some guy to come in there who's just going to play a fucking mediocre quarterback every day of the week. You're better off having Fitzmagic and Fitztragic yeah. than you are fucking, hey, let's have Matt Moore just be fine See, every fucking game. we agree on this one. Yeah. 
I love the move. Yeah, we we definitely and, agree. And this is this is part of my. This has always been a part of the thing I like about certain quarterbacks is you have to consider not just the quarterback but the situation. Yeah. People love to trash Eli Manning. Oh, he threw 25 interceptions one year. Blah 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 blah. It's like that is that is the beauty of Eli Manning. You get you get elite Eli, and then you get fucking heavy turnover Eli because Eli has to do more with less. He's won two Super Bowls with less. He's he's you know top seven and everything all time with less. He's fucking done it, and now obviously. People are just taking a steamroller to this guy, and the the grave is dug, and everybody hates Eli, and what a disaster, and he, they're paying him twenty three million. But like the reason that certain people, and I don't know if this is the reason Dave Gettleman fucking is still on Eli, and he did a press conference this morning, and people are hammering him for it. But like because you know he's gonna show up one way or the other, and that's what I like about Fitzpatrick. You know we're gonna we're gonna go into the other quarterback talk of Tannehill to the fucking Titans and all that, but like the upgrade from Tannehill to Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're pro- a lot of people are probably going well statistically, blah blah blah. But it's like you know every day R- Ryan Tannehill's only going to achieve this much. So in a perfect world, Ryan Tannehill on his best day is going to come out and give you a B minus game, and he might stay at. He might be B minus to C minus his whole life. And sure, Ryan Fitzpatrick might come out and give you the five pick game. But Ryan Fitzpatrick might also play an A plus quarterback for a Sunday. Well, we agree there, but again, that's basically where we also disagree of then it evens out to a very similar grade. If Ryan Fitzpatrick's gonna give you an A plus game, which he's capable of, he can also give you a D game. So if you have enough of those A and D games, then you average out to be a C. Yeah, the, the only problem with that is... Which is Ryan Tannehill. Right, but the only problem with that is if you're fucking a C all day, every day, you're now you're now going, we're plugging an average right here. Yeah. And so what we're relying on is the rest of the team to lift that C quarterback up. That's when you look at a like, you know, a lot of people have shit on... Again, the the Joe Flacco's of the world. Well, he needed the whole fucking team to win that Super Bowl, and he just Flacco'd and blah, 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 right? But the thing is, if you're the Dolphins and you fucking suck, your team ain't lifting up a C quarterback every Sunday. So every once in a while, may as well go in there with fucking Fitzmagic and hope for—like, answer me this fucking serious question. Is it— completely out of the realm of possibilities that Ryan Fitz magic and the fucking trash ass fucking losing thousands of dollars for idiots who are betting on them and then not paying us uh fucking shithead Dolphins fan that he throws five touchdowns against the Patriots next year and blows them out in fucking Foxborough. Well, uh, of course it's not out of the that's realm. The, that's why they hired, they signed him, but because no one thinks that Ryan Tannehill will ever do that. There's a 0% chance of Ryan Tannehill doing that, and there's a 3% chance of Ryan Fitzmagic doing it. Well, I want to pivot to Ryan Tannehill. He's traded to Tennessee. Yep. From all reports that I read, we're looking at a QB battle for the starting position. You said, hell no, no way, but I've seen a lot of different things on that because there's this into play. Mariota has been injury prone. Absolutely. Which is a factor. But also, his production isn't that good. Obviously, he's a much better runner. If I asked you how many touchdown passes 
has Marcus Mariota thrown in the last two seasons combined? What do you think the number is? Uh, 40. 24. In the last two seasons combined. It's that low. Yeah. He, but he's thrown but but real quick, he's thrown twenty-four touchdowns to twenty-three interceptions. And from what I'm reading is that obviously they have, you know, a new coach, you know, second year coach over there. They want to and and maybe it's just to motivate him. You know, the Tannehill move could be a variety of factors. But they're saying, dude, in today's NFL. You can't be throwing twelve touchdown passes of a year, and I and I uh, wholeheartedly agree with that. And a part of that comes from injury, and sure, I, and I do think that the reason you bring in a veteran quarterback is that there's some you know loose quarterback competition that'll be that'll be going on. But I'll say this with just the style of play that Tennessee plays, tons of defense, running the ball. It's it's a it's not a whole lot far off from what the Ravens and they're are going to try to do with Lamar Jackson, you know, ball control, a quarterback who can run a little bit, pound pound the ball with Derrick Henry, pound the ball. Like, you know, I mean, they sort of figured out Derrick Henry. They unleashed him at the end of last season. I think Marcus Mariota in at his best, you know, if you're playing, if you're a healthy Marcus Mariota and they're limiting his mistakes, I still think he's a better fit for that team than Ryan Tannehill, and I think that that's what Tennessee's hoping for. Does, maybe this inspires getting the best out of Marcus Mariota. Now, whatever they say, that doesn't mean it's not possible for Ryan Tannehill to win the job. Marcus Mariota certainly hasn't earned saying, I'm the starting quarterback of an NFL team, no questions asked, regardless of who's in camp. But I think in, the, in that coach's mind, if we can get the best Marcus Mariota, that's our best chance to win. Well, the one big factor that Mariota does have on Tannehill, he does have a playoff road win against the Chiefs in Arrowhead where he played an amazing game and threw over 300 yards. So he does have that. Not that that really comes into play. I mean, it could, but I'm saying as far as a resume, he does have that. But, yeah, I mean, I think I, as far as that move, I don't mind it to motivate your quarterback. Sure. To use that as a and also you can't you can't mind it from the fact of Mariota gets hurt a lot. Yeah. So, you mean they were on the verge of the playoffs last year, and then they had to go to Blaine Gabbert. You're not exactly. That, that's not. That's not. And I think we both agree. That's that's the whole argument with the Colin Kaepernick case that what? we've made is like you can't go into a season unless you have an Eli Manning, a guy who's just he can take a gunshot to the heart and he's gonna fucking take the next snap. You can't go into a season with a guy who has even a a minimal history of missing any sort of football games and say our backup is somebody that does not belong in the league because what you're doing in that situation, as I've said so many times when we talk about Kaepernick, you're stealing from your fans. You're saying, if our quarterback's healthy, great. If not, our season's over. Give us your season tickets. Light them on fire. Take your jerseys. Throw them out. We're turning over our season. You can't do that. And Colin Kaepernick is so much fucking better than Blaine Gabbert. That's not even fucking close. The only person in the history of football who would ever put one in over the other is the most racist man to ever coach a NFL football team in Chip Kelly. So that's why you bring Ryan Tannehill in. You don't have to light your season on fire if your quarterback gets hurt. And they didn't give up that much. So from that perspective, I do think it's a good move. Exactly. If Mariota gets hurt, you have a completely capable backup to come in. Not saying he's great because he's not. Right. 
what's amazing is that but they're not going for they're going for defense, running the ball, and fucking play mistake free. I believe those guys were in the same draft class, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, two top fifteen picks. Yeah. So, and it works vice versa. If 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 uh, Tannehill does beat him out and become the starting quarterback, now you have Marcus Mariota on the bench, who's won you a playoff game on the road. Yeah, it's it's you know it's it's is it a great quarterback situation? No, but it's better than a lot. Like in this day and age in the NFL, your quarterback situation better include a competent backup. Sure, unless and you have certain guys who don't miss games. And I'd argue most teams don't have a competent backup. No. In fact, the, the majority of the NFL teams. The, the majority of teams don't have a competent backup, again, because the quality of quarterback play is, isn't wide-ranging. That's why Ryan Fitzpatrick is, an, is once again a starter in the NFL. You're absolutely right. Ryan Fitzpatrick shouldn't be a starter in the NFL, right? There should be 32 guys that started Ryan Fitzpatrick, but m- the case for my argument is there aren't. Yeah. There aren't. And it's going on fucking two decades. Almost a quarter of the teams. Or it is. Yeah. Eight teams. That's, uh, right? Is my math right on that? Yeah. It's a quarter of the NFL. In other NFL news, Vontez Perfect has been released. The Bengals gave him 450 chances. They have finally released Vontez Perfect. Did somebody pick Perfect. up Vontez Perfect? Totally, right? You know... You know who who can make him work? I mean, I think like a Bill Belichick type guy. Can't it, w- can't wait for the Giants to sign him and then say that the, and then stick with the we got rid of Odell Beckham because he's a locker a locker room bad guy. I mean, talent wise, he still has it, and he's still young. The thing about talent at the linebacker is like I always feel like it's a very middle heavy pool like there's always like two or three linebackers in the NFL that are just fucking unbelievable and then you've got this bulbous middle class yeah I never th- think Vontez perfect I uh, never do I think like Junior Seau Brian Urlacher oh, fucking Ray Lewis no no he's just like in the bulbous middle oh he's got the talent he's got the thing about being linebacker there's a lot of responsibilities to playing linebacker yeah it, you could have all the talent in the world if you're a fucking moron yeah. You're useless to me. Sure. And that's Vontez Perfect leans more toward moron than he does toward Erlacher. He well, he's definitely the thing about Vontez is from my perspective unless you have a Bill Belichick who has taken guys like Randy Moss, like Corey Dillon who've maybe had problems at other teams and he's made them fit the system. Besides him, I don't know where he fits in as far as a coach who could mold him. I mean, do you do like a Jacksonville again? You've got like the, you've got the Coughlin in the front office, and you've got you know that defense that's come like a year removed from being in the AFC Championship game, and you just can plug and play. I don't know. Maybe I'm 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 throwing out ideas. I don't give a Seahawks. Shit. Pete Carroll. Yeah, I feel like Pete Carroll is like the loosey goosey version of Bill Belichick. Yeah, he's like try yoga and Skrillex. And he's like, man, makes me want to fucking murder somebody. He blocked me on Twitter. Pete Carroll? Perfect. Wow. I never even tweeted at him. I did a picture that, I did a tweet that went pretty gangbusters a couple years ago. I mean, his boy blocked you on Twitter, let's be honest. Yeah. Vontaze Perfect probably doesn't even hold the cell phone. They just show it, they just hold it up in front of him. He's like, that shit. They're like, all right. 
Fuck this dude. Yeah, his turtle blocked you. You should have seen the argument that went on uh, a Mildred. I posted on Twitter. I only posted a minute and a half of it. They were screaming on... This woman was barefoot. It wasn't homeless. It was some crackhead shit. And she was screaming at the Dirty Dancing crew? At some dude on Mildred. The Dirty Dancing crew. How about those cucks? I I, I didn't get to watch. I, I, saw, I just am, saw, I, am I a bad person? Can I, let me just ask you. Am I a bad person for putting them on blast on social what media? What the fuck were they doing in the parking lot? Yeah, no, absolutely not. Because I, I had a little guilt last night. Why? Bec- that's uh, that's like saying you had a little guilt because you showed somebody throwing up yesterday in the street. It's like if you're if you out for St. Patrick's Day and you puke in the street, motherfucker, you're going on social media. If I catch it, I mean, they were the da- fuck out of here. They, they were, were dancing in a parking lot for 45 minutes. I mean, that was absurd. Grow up. Go to a fucking dance studio. Every person that walked by was like, "What are you guys doing?" And she's like. She's like, we're getting married in August. This is going to be our first song, our first song to dance to at the wedding. I mean, the guy couldn't have been more of a cuck. He's dancing in a parking lot with his shirt off. What I was hoping was they were still dancing when the mayor got back. What song were they dancing to? Some country shit. Some country. I was going to run out and start grinding on her and have him film it. Mm, don't do that. Not like grinding, but you know. Yeah, I know what you mean, but don't do it. Why? It's because it's 2019, and she'll fucking sue you for sexual assault. I, th- I wouldn't have touched her physically. Doesn't matter. You were inappropriately gesturing, hip thrusting, gyrating in a sexual manner. What if I did it to the guy? Same thing. Yeah. Hey, he was a cock. Anyway, Vontez Perfect. I wish Vontez Perfect would take them out when they yeah. were dancing. Yeah. I think someone will pick him up. He's too young, and he has enough talent. But you're also dealing with a complete and utter head case. But Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati, he, he was a giant pushover. Yeah. You know, from Burfick to Pac-Man to Ocho Cinco, all those guys just, dude, they ran over him. He was a fucking pushover. The Browns will probably pick him up and just fucking shove it to the... They're just going to start just pulling everybody from the other... Browns fans know. are insane. I, I, I saw a video on uh, Deadspin. It was from a local news report in Cleveland... It was basically a highlight reel of all these Browns fans extremely confident. This just shows how dumb sports fans are. Not only are they going to be good this year, that they're going to win the Super Bowl. Okay, that's a little bit aggressive. Yeah. Dude, Cleveland's been waiting for this. I mean, I've dealt with so many dumb Browns fans over the years. Yeah. I can't even begin to fucking tell you. But should I, I, I do like the moves that they've made. This is actually a good. And when, set. They, and when they and when the Chiefs cut Tyree Kill for breaking his kid's arm, and he immediately signs with the Browns, they're gonna be real good. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about that. I didn't the, put that on the rundown. The Browns don't give a fuck. The Browns are like waiting. For, the Browns can't it's wait. John for, Dorsey. Yeah, Browns can't wait for him to get charged with something so that they can snap him up on his way to fucking, you know, his bail hearing. But it's all under investigation, right? Yeah. Not a good look. Breaking your kid's arm. A three-year-old boy. Not a good look. No. Kareem Hunt got eight games, which I think is bullshit. I think it's complete and utter bullshit that Kareem Hunt gets eight games. Based on what? Based on the fact that the NFL knew about that video. I've said that all along. The NFL or the Chiefs, they all, probably both. 
They knew about that video. I'm, I'm so sick of this whole argument of like, oh, TMZ was the first one. They, they sit on that video. Well, I've said this about them before. They wait for it to break. I, I've said this about NFL teams and the, and the league before. I don't know that they saw the video. What I do know is that they put very little effort in trying to acquire it. They're like, we asked, and the cop said no. What are we supposed to do? You know, TMZ's got a guy who shows up to the police station with a fucking, you know, duffel bag full of money. He's like, give us that video. And they're like, all right. The NFL's not doing that. The NFL could do that. They have plenty of money. So that makes them just as culpable. Yeah. But I guess, you know, that they're hiding behind they're hiding behind the legitimacy. They're hiding behind following proper legitimate channels to try to get these things. Prano, that's like don't. that's like if you think your girlfriend's cheating on you and you don't want to know the answer, you don't investigate it. Right. And to me, that's total bullshit on the NFL's part. Right. It's total bullshit. But the NFL also can't partake in like bribing a fucking police station to give them video. But my argument is this. He got cut. He missed he missed the last five games. Yep. And the postseason for the Chiefs last year. On top of that, you're going to give him another eight games. Again, to me, he already missed more than a quarter of the season with the Chiefs. But he could have been picked up immediately by somebody else. We all knew that wasn't going to happen. No, we. I didn't know. I didn't think that somebody was going to pick him up this offseason. I thought for sure. Somebody, I did. I thought for sure somebody'd wait till the fucking their running back goes down in camp, and then they go, "Oh, what are we supposed to do?" He's just sitting there. The Browns are like, "Fuck you, give it to us." But my question—that's what I'm saying. The Browns will take Tariq Hill tomorrow. My question to the NFL or whoever is running these policies and enforcing them would be this: You gave Ezekiel Elliott—he ended up getting four games, I believe, total. Yep. Kareem Hunt gets double. What to me, like, what is worse? Well, no, not it. It has nothing to do with that. It just has to do. It's again, it's fucking culture and and where we are with like the whole thing and 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 the overreaction to everything. And I don't know what the answer is for how many games you should get. But I don't the, either. But, but the problem is, there's no precedent set because the difference between when Ray Rice did it. Or when fucking John Elway did it, or when you know OJ did it, or when whatever is we have no precedent set. Oh, before we were ignoring it, and now we're ignoring it unless there's video. But then if there's video, how bad's the? Vi- it's like there's no precedent set in terms of like how many games it should or shouldn't be. I don't know. Is is eight games too much for kicking a girl? If you get four games for deflating footballs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But my point is Ezekiel Elliott, he had domestic abuse charges and he pulled down a girl's top to show her tits. Like he had multiple things going on and he gets four games. He has two incidents is my point. But they don't have video of the abuse. They just have video of him pulling down a girl's top, and then he's denying it. And, every, and the MJ, the people who are defending Michael Jackson as not a fucking pedophile, are the ones that say this girl lied, that said she beat him, she, she was pissed he broke up with her, and blah, 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 blah. It's, it's, it, the, the, the bottom line is there's no fucking rhyme or reason. They're just, they just pick random shit. They try to, they're, they're trying to 
make as many people as happy as possible. So like, well, it's 2019, and like two years ago, if this happened, it'd be two games. But now people are really on this domestic violence thing. So I don't know, eight. But my problem with it is, how about suspend him before he gets fucking signed again? And that's a great point. Suspend him when you fucking see the video. That's my point. And he gets cut. You can wait till he gets cut. I'm actually okay with that. Wait till he gets cut. Then say he suspended eight games. So if you yeah. want him, know that going into it. Exactly. See, the problem with the NFL is they've continuously been in reaction mode. The, the, you, does this make sense? Yeah. The, the, they never preemptively do anything, like you're saying. And, and to me, that's where the hypocrisy could not be more evident. They're always wait and react. How about, how about this? Him getting suspended eight games helps the Browns. He misses exactly half of their season. Now he comes. Now one of the best running backs in football comes in fresh for the second half of the year to a team that already has a legit running back from the draft last year. They have two good running backs. Yeah. They have uh, Chubb and... Uh, Duke Johnson. Yeah, I was going to say. He's great, and that, out of, and great catching balls out of the backfield. And now you just add this guy fresh in week 10 or whatever. Yeah. It's a good point. I never thought of it that way. But just tap the brakes, Browns fans. I saw the video of your local news. Tap the brakes. The Browns fans, tap the brakes, tap dude. The, brakes. the Browns fans were ta- weren't tapping the brakes going into last season. Yeah. When they were coming off being 1-31 and 31 in the prior two seasons. I'm going to get a lot of enjoyment on rooting against the Browns this year. I assume you will, too. I'm I'm going to dissociate myself from the Browns this year entirely because I know what's coming. I know that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to fucking light the city of Cleveland on fire. And my NFL season is going to be watching, you know, like break-ins on the Red Zone channel when he's taking 70-yard slants to the fucking okay. house. Okay, over under Odell Beckham Jr. 1,500 receiving yards. 1,500's a lot. Um, okay, let's set it to 1,300. Over. I'm going to go under. You should look at his stats for his career. I don't I don't need to. He doesn't go under a lot. Yeah, I th- again, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of guys on that side of the ball. And they're going to throw the ball. A lot. Like, did anyone in the Rams catch for 1,300 yards? Probably no. I don't know. There's not a single player on the Rams that's as good as any of the, those guys. As good as any of them? <laughs> yeah. Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham are better than every receiver on the Rams. Facts. Brandon Cooks? Yeah, facts. But they also have Todd Girl. That's my point, is that the, the Rams had a lot of... Same thing. You know, there's one football. I, I could argue the Odell, or I'm sorry, I could argue the... You shouldn't. The Jarvis Landry, Brandon Cooks. Yeah, you shouldn't. Okay. For another discussion. Okay, wow, we've really been going through this episode. Uh, you brought up something before the show started. Actually, are we going to have time for calls before we get into yeah, this? why? I got nothing to do. Okay. We should make this a long the, episode. The only thing I need to do is take a shit at some point. But. Okay. You brought up a. T- well, what, what, what else do we have? We have baseball. We have to discuss the new baseball rules. Okay. Uh, and you also wanted to discuss this Adam McKay tweet. Sure. So Adam McKay 
director, writer. You know, he's done a bunch of great movies from the yeah. big, the big short to Vice. He's Will Ferrell's partner in uh, Anchorman and Gary Sanchez yep. productions. Anyway, former head writer of SNL, one of the great comedic talents of our time. I would I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done a good, bunch of great content. But anyway, Adam McKay tweeted out this two days ago. Is Boogie Cousins the most skilled center of all time? The most skilled center of all yeah. time. Which was an interesting question at first, and he def- and he he replies to himself after because a lot of people started being like, "Well, let me yeah yeah let go me, ahead." Let me finish his tweet. He says, "Who else is in the conversation? Walton, Embiid, Jokic, the Dream, not the best, just the most skilled." So what Adam McKay is asking. Who is the most skilled? And then he follows up his tweet with another tweet. A lot of people confusing in quotes, most skilled with greatness. Boogie can shoot the three, ball handle like a guard, pass, post up, score with both hands. I think he's the most skilled center ever. It's a very interesting question and an interesting discussion. So it is an interesting question. And let me say this. In theory, like if you take this on a base level, I actually think Adam McKay is correct because he's right. Yeah, he finishes with both hands. Like he's he's better. He's a better ball handler and a better outside shooter than Embiid. Now Embiid is better defensively. Embiid's game. Embiid's right there with him. Jokic is right there with him too, but. So far, Boogie has developed as a player. Those guys are developing sure. as players. I don't think Jokic will ever have the ball handling skills that he has. And B is a pretty good ball handler, but I, you know. But from the idea of shooting, passing, ball handling, finishing at the rim, defense, the I agree, skilled. Now everybody's like Hakeem and. Take this argument and shove it up your fucking ass. The, if Hakeem played today, he'd be shooting the three more. Really? Really? There was center shooting the three then. Sam Perkins was fucking bombing threes all the time. The, it's the same argument as Michael Jordan. If Michael Jordan played today, he'd shoot the three all the time. Reggie Miller took 6,500 threes. The three-pointer in those days was worth 150% what the twos were, just like today. Those guys didn't do it because they didn't do it. Hakeem would have, well, then why didn't he? If Hakeem was so fucking skilled, why didn't he shoot the three? He wasn't as skilled. Now, does that mean that he had he doesn't have the post moves that Boogie has? No, but my point is, is there were guys doing it. So stop with that argument. Also, if my aunt had a cock, she'd be my uncle. Stop it. She doesn't. Hakeem didn't. What people could have and couldn't have done is neither here nor there. He did not. Now, here's my counter to McKay's argument. If Boogie was any more skilled at certain things, if he was an even more skilled ball handler and he was an even more skilled outside shooter, they'd lie about his height and they'd fucking call him Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins are the same height. The only reason Kevin Durant isn't a center is because he shoots the three even better. He ball handles even better. If you asked, if you had a team where it was you didn't have Boogie and you asked Kevin Durant to go down and play the post more, he's got the post moves. 
He's got the turnarounds. He's got the ability to finish in lane. So I think it's sort of a trick question because in today's NBA, there is no position. I was going to say. Who's the five? Who's the four? I want to bring up a couple other players. What is their technical position? It's very fluid as well. Anthony Davis. Right. Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony Davis is a four, like... Rasheed Wallace was a four. Are we are we considering him and Carl Anthony Towns forwards, not centers? Who? Kevin Durant? No, I'm saying are Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Davis not technically centers? Because, because that's my point. In today's NBA, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. What position does Kevin Durant play? I'd say guard. I, small forward, power forward. I don't know. I pro- probably he's probably a small forward. But my point is, is like if Boogie shot more threes and was better at ball handling, he'd just be that much more removed from the basket, right? So then he wouldn't be a he wouldn't be as much of a five. Yeah. So my point is, yes, Boogie's the most skilled five of all time because any more skill at the five, he's not a five. It's kind of a trick question. I like I like his question. I like that he posed it. I agree with it in theory. But the problem is Boogie is at and Boogie and other guys are at a certain level of skill where if you go any more skilled, now you're one of the now you're you're a unicorn. Well basically you bring up a good point, which I think never is mentioned. The positions in the NBA Like Porzingis is a better ball handler than Boogie, a better three point shooter than Boogie. He doesn't quite have the post moves of Boogie yet, but he's a better shot blocker than Boogie. Positions are basically fluid now in the NBA. Yeah. In if you play on the right team. If you play on a if your coach gets it. But a lot of guys are fluid. Like what what do we consider Giannis? Right. Is he a center? He's fucking almost seven feet tall. This he's the- not, because he's ball like that's the other guy that I, I almost replied to McKay with KD and Giannis, because it's like he's not the shooter that Boogie is. Right, but he's great around the rim. He's great defender. He's great at ball handling. But is he a guard? Is he a small? It's like it's almost like is he their, you know, is LeBron the point guard? Is Giannis their shooting guard? Is he their power forward? Is he their small forward? That's my point. Is Boogie is at the upper crust of skill before he's a unicorn? And because when you're a unicorn, then they go, I, who cares what Kevin Durant is? Kevin Durant. To kind of backtrack for a minute, and we discussed this before we went live, I am so sick and tired, and you guys are probably actually sick and tired of me saying this, of people being in such denial about today's game versus the 90s. It's so, it's so much fucking... Dude, just watch Harvard Classics ever. It looks like it's in slow motion. Just stop. The skill level just is stop. off the fucking charts. Just fucking stop. If you're out there... Saying they used to hand check. They used to just stop. Hand check, like just stop. The hand check thing is so fucking stupid. There's a million. There's a all of these. All the theories. Uh, oh, it's harder. Is they, they you, hit you harder? Say what you said to me pre-show on this show about a study that they need to do. They need to do a study about about literally like marketing the the ability of companies to brainwash people with marketing. I truly believe at this point because you see the people who are ni- the Sam Tripoli's and the 90s defenders, they're all from an age gap 
where I'm like, you've literally been brainwashed by Gatorade and Nike and whatever to think something that is way, 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 way worse is better. You've been brainwashed. But the idea that you're going, the the idea that you're going to talk about Michael Jordan competing against a Craig Elo versus the the guys we just listed, Boogie, Jokic, and B. Let's just talk about the centers in Adam McKay's suite. Joel Embiid scores one hundred points a game in the nineties. No one knows how to guard. Jokic wins the MVP every year in the nineties. Every year. He wins it every year. We're talking about Hakeem. Hakeem's one of the great centers of all time. Joel Embiid fucking wins the MVP every year in the 90s. Every year. Because he's like, oh, I'm like David Robinson, except I shoot the three better, and I actually defend better. And, and, I've, it, and I have fucking ball handling skills. And by the way, David Robinson was legit as fuck. But these guys... Piss on that era. And again, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant in the in the Jordan nineties is like Wilt and Kareem going back. They would have changed rules. They'd have been like, if you're seven foot, you're not allowed to shoot threes. They'd be like, you have to be this tall to ride this ride. They would have changed the game. They'd be like, you're not. They'd be like, you're not allowed to play. But go I, play. Go play in the Alien Basketball Association. We're restarting the ABA. You and Perzingis and Jokic and Giannis are going to the Alien Basketball Association. Michael, we need Michael for marketing purposes to still win the NBA every year. You guys go win the Alien Basketball. It. You guys can only play Jordan in Space Jam. You're the monsters. But again, Prano, it's only basketball. This is what brainwashed. I brainwashed. They've been brainwashed. Fascinating. I look at the comments and I like to respond to them on YouTube underneath the LeBron Jordan discussion of the latest Dirty Sports Quickie. And these people, I wrote to one dude, I go, stop bringing up the 90s. It's like saying, first of all, there's no disagreement that the rules have changed, but the rules have changed in all the sports. But, it, but I love the- but hold on. It's, it's like saying the rules have changed in the NFL. You can't do the hits. In 2019, that you could do in 1995, but it's like saying, "Oh, Patrick Mahomes, if they could hit the way they hit in the 90s, or, or I'm sorry, if you put Patrick Mahomes back in 1996, he's not that good because they can hit quarterbacks." It's like what? No, he he'd be he'd be just as good, if not better, against the competition. Now, would he last as long? That's the that's the argument. You know, the longevity. Like, if Joe Montana, everybody likes to talk about Tom Brady. If Joe Montana never fucking got his back exploded, because you're not allowed to hit quarterbacks from the blind side at all. Yeah. Okay. But here's the other thing. When it, people love to only go one way. If, the, uh, if Hakeem played today, he'd fucking shoot threes all the time. But, but if LeBron played in the 90s, he wouldn't make an adjustment for hand checking? Which, why, by the way, was illegal in the 70s. Well, hand checking. What what would the linebacker playing point guard do for fucking in the hand checking era? I don't know. Not care. Not give a single fuck that you can hand check him. Again, I repeat, Reggie Miller, a five time All Star in the NBA, no handle, well known pussy, skinnier than fucking me, shot sixty five hundred threes. The idea that Clay Thompson goes back to the nineties. Clay Thompson is Reggie Miller on fucking HGH. He's so much better, it's not even fucking funny. 
Clay Thompson shits Reggie Miller's. He every morning he gets up, he has a cup of coffee, he shits in the toilet. A guy who would be Reggie Miller in the 1990s. Better ball handler, better defender, better at taking to the rack, better shooter. Clay Thompson shits Reggie Miller's. There's your title. Clay Thompson takes poops that are Reggie Miller. I feel like we need a roundtable discussion. No, you can't ever. It's not a discussion when you're talking to insane people. Yeah, but I because I want to hear the insanity. No, it's it's pointless. I want to hear these. You've people. heard the insanity. I know, but I want. They hang up on you. They scream. They walk away. Nothing drives a person to hit their head more than when you're talking facts to a lunatic. But again, I want to hear why we're only doing this with the sport of basketball. It's just brainwashed. I already told you they've been brainwashed. Is it all because of Michael Jordan? It's because of the marketing genius that was David Stern and the NBA in the 90s when they wanted to make it a worldwide game. And they took one guy and they said, this is the best thing that's ever been. This is the best thing that will ever be. This is it. It's like how fucking guys from the, the born in the 80s and the 90s, all they want is a fucking Mustang. It's like, guys, Tesla's. Are, are Mustangs except they're faster and they run on electricity. Like, nah, I need a car that goes rah, 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 rah. It's like, great, you're going to lose in a fucking race to a fucking Tesla. That's just running on fucking Legos. It's stupid. It's idiocy. It's brainwashing. It's American marketing culture that has said fucking big guns, fast cars, big trucks, Michael Jordan, Gatorade. The guy who gets up every morning who's hungover and gets gets an orange Gatorade and feels like he's sweating orange. Like, dude, you're a fucking idiot. Drink some fucking water. Drink water. Gatorade. Fucking wearing fucking Hanes briefs, rocking a Hitler mustache. It's brainwashed. They they were brainwashed. Take your tinfoil hat, Sam Tripoli. You got brainwashed. The you got the capitalist marketing system brainwashed Sam Tripoli. Is there anything funnier than that in the world, Mister Fucking Tinfoil? You got brainwashed by big business. I love it. Watch out, CIA's infiltrating your phone, dude. Gatorade infiltrated your dome. We gotta bring Sam on. Clip that. Send it to the fucking punch drunk guys. I will. Should have been wearing that tinfoil hat in the 90s. And then fucking Fruit of the Loom and Gatorade and Nike wouldn't be living inside your head for the rest of your life. I'm going to clip that. Good. They should. Came, they came at us recently, punch drunk. Good. I, I, I don't know who was on their feed. I mean, the, what, the 70 people that go live streaming, that yell at each other? I don't know who it was. But somebody came at us, whoever was tweeting from them. Dude, I'm all about having a civil discussion. But but the problem is it doesn't get civil. The problem is is when somebody refuses to accept factual information, it's not going to be civil. Because you're already starting in a place of not civility. You're starting in a place where one person lives in a fantasy land. And the other person's wanting to have a discussion about the, the the truth of the life of the world. If I asked you today, you know, who wins in a boxing match in their prime of any boxer ever? Who would you say? Any box any boxer ever, who wins in a boxing match? doesn't matter. Your answer is not really important. Just pick somebody. Well, I'm so ignorant with boxing. Okay. Pick 
I'm a, obviously I know Mike Tyson. Was okay, his. let's say you say Mike Tyson. You know what my three year old nephew would say? Superman. He'd say Superman. No one's stronger than Superman. That's Sam Tripoli. That's Jordan Heads. They live in a world where Superman is in the argument because they don't live in a reality. We're talking about who's more skilled, Boogie, KD, LeBron, whatever. And they're going, Superman can fly. He flies. Is KD's vertical, but he can't fly. He can't see through the other people's clothes. He can't, he doesn't have heat vision. Or only the man of steel's killer instinct. By the way, Sam won't respond. He didn't respond to my tweet last night. Did you see my tweet I sent you last night? Yeah. You know, this notion that... But it, Sam. But by the way, I love Sam Tripoli. Me too, me too. I love Sam Tripoli. I love Sam, Sam Tripoli is just a very well-known, brainwashed 90s basketball fan. He's just the, he's the guy whose name I'll use in place of, you know, all the people that we referenced in the all the people whose pictures we showed in our in our quickie. No, I love Sam too. He we, is the face of those people. Jay Lloyd is losing his mind. Everybody needs an avatar. He's losing his mind on YouTube right now. It better be fucking unbelievable. Okay, you have to get the package now. It somehow correlates to your rant. It's essential for the package to be open today, right now. All right, so what do we have to do that you're going to go get it? I want to discuss the Major League Baseball rules change. Okay. And, and then I'll get it when we get to some dirtball calls. So Major League Baseball, we guys, we've talked about this at length, but they made some stuff official while we were in spring training. This actually happened after... We recorded our last episode, and this is big news that, in my opinion, is kind of flown under the radar. You know, you're you're talking about the history of baseball, America's game, being changed in ways that's never been changed. Now, let's go over some of the minor changes that are come effective this season. Inning breaks will be reduced from two minutes and five seconds to two minutes local time and two minutes and 25 seconds to two minutes national TV Awesome. Time. Great. Perfect. The trade deadline will officially be July 31st. Awesome. Great. Don't care. <laughs> the home run derby. The prize money will be increased to $2.5 million and the winner will receive $1 million. Look at Major League Baseball. Fucking strong rule changes. Awesome. I applaud you. Mound visits, the maximum number of mound visits will go from six to five this year. Okay, not really a fucking thing that matters, but if that makes you guys feel happy and you'll leave the rest of the game alone, then go for it. These are some major changes going on 2020. The main one I want to highlight is the three batter minimum. Kill yourself, Rob Manfred, eat glass, wash it down with fucking uh, Clorox, take your go go get your 90s fucking mustang turn it on in your garage and hit the hit your muffler like it's a fucking bong your mother is the devil and your father is also the devil and they had sex and made a super devil you're a fucking asshole you already ruined fucking a million you already tried to Speed up the game with your fucking innings changes. You sped up the game with your fucking mound visits. You sped up the game with your pitch clock. It's not the fucking speed of the game. Your stupid three fucking batter rules is asinine. You're the you're the baseball equivalent of Hitler. According to the new rule, starting pitchers and relief pitchers 
must pitch to either a minimum of three batters or to the end of a half inning with exceptions for incapacitating injury or illness. Jesse Stanga made a fucking fantastic point in our in our mentions. I don't know if it was dirty slides or dirty sports, but if if a team really wants if it's like a fucking must, you know, have another pitcher game, that guy should go in, pitch to one batter, throw a fucking ball outside corner and just immediately starting arguing balls and strikes and get ejected. Get ejected. This new rule will effectively end the left-handed one out guy, you know, basically the specialist. Yeah, stupid. It's fucking stupid. And it they all they never think they never think ahead is, to, is, to how this is going to work. Is this a now good instead now when a guy comes up instead of bringing a righty to face him, they're gonna they're gonna intentionally walk the next guy. Then they're gonna intentionally walk the next guy low the bases. Then the lefty's still in for the, the lefty. So the game is yeah. actually prolonged. Yeah, is this a good equivalent? I know you can't always cross sports. To me, the equivalent is during an end of a basketball game. The coach is doing defensive, offensive substitutions with fouls, with guys he wants to play defense when a team's behind. You know what I'm saying? A guy, a three-point specialist. Is that the equivalent that, that they interchange at the foul line? There is no equivalent because now the entire strategy of the game has to change where you have to play. You now, as a baseball coach, I always said, you know, when, when we were in the playoffs, it's not just win. Forget who we play next round. It's not just win this game first and worry about next round. It's not just win this inning. I would always say win the inning. You In baseball, when you get down to the nitty-gritty, you have to take it batter by batter. The idea that now some team has to plan three and four and f- because it only extends it, three and four batters out, and the idea that this is going to shorten the game is so ludicrous because... Now, instead of the pitching changes with the specialist, I get it. Now he's got to come in, and he's got to come out, and he's got to warm up. But that's an advantage to the pitcher. This is an advantage for the offense. What makes games last longer? More offense. It's horrifically dumb. Now the lefty that's in and now suddenly has to face a righty for a second batter that gives up a fucking double and now the wheels come off and the fucking what was going to be a one-run inning turns into a six-run inning and turns into a 30-minute inning instead of a fucking 12-minute inning with two pitching changes is so fucking stupid. It means that Rob Manfred doesn't understand baseball. Well, my question is this. From a common sense standpoint, you've clearly laid it out in a very frustrated manner. How does he not see this one? And two, how are these rules passed? I, how does it? Don't know. Don't care. Kill yourself. But that's but that's he's me, Hitler. But to me, that's important because if if this is something that needs to be passed through Major League Baseball Players Union, how are they okaying this? And if because it's, it's politics. It's it's the same thing as the way our American political system works. It's all a fucking trade-off. Everything's a trade-off. Well, we want to be able to fucking smoke pot instead of taking painkillers to fucking, you know, get through summers of 100-degree heat where we're playing 162 games. We're like, no, not going to happen. Never going to do it. Well, what if you guys accept uh, three batters? Oh, okay, everything's a fucking trade-off. That's why people always go, oh, if LeBron cared so much about fucking Kaepernick, why isn't he Neil? Because they gave up. Fuck, they, they made a... Uh, during 
one of the CBA negotiations, when they were striking, they gave up the ability not to stand. They had to fucking trade that off. The NFL hasn't had to do that before. Everything in these negotiations is, uh, we'll give you this if you give us this. We'll give you this if you give us this. I don't even think this was passed through a players association, nor do I think it had to be. But that's what I'm asking. Because I think this is such an important rule for the game of baseball. It's so fucking stupid to not think of you're bringing in a lefty to face a lefty. Yeah, there's a there's a 80% chance he gets him out. There's a 20% chance he doesn't get him out and now he has to face two righties and the fucking wheels come off on the inning. How stu- is it this is <coughs> the baseball equivalent of the NFL kickoff rule. We're like we're going to move the kickoff off so guys touch a backboard. Actually, now it just means that they can fucking kick it even shorter and the guys are going to be down there and tackle. Now People are running it out even more often. I'm all for effective change with anything, but I think these sports leagues, they don't have any foresight, which is wild to me. They tackle certain, they tackle problems without thinking of the butterfly effect. Exactly. And what these leagues do, like the kickoff and like this, they don't sit back and say, wait a second. We've had these rules in effect for how many years? They've seemed to work. Why are we going to try to fuck with it? That's what I don't understand. Because no one's watching baseball. Again, maybe fucking make it so that going to the ballpark doesn't cost you $1 million. Maybe make it so that I can watch... 40 baseball games a year on my local TV channel like back in the day when I had when I had fucking half of my Mets games on you know WWOR and half of them on fucking sports you know sports channel New York and I didn't even have cable so I only got half of my games maybe make half of my games available I don't have to pay $40 a month for fucking Spectrum which is owned by fucking Cablevision which is owned by blah 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 maybe don't make it so horrific for me to watch it. Maybe make it so that I can watch a Dodger game in Los Angeles. Do- oh, fucking. I can't watch Dodgers games. If I could watch Dodgers games, I'd watch them. But I can't. Oh, ratings are down. I can't watch them. Yeah, it's all money grab. I love that they fucking put... They, they take baseball, they put it in a box, they put that in a box, like it's a Michael Jackson sex room, they put that box in a box, inside a box, inside a box, and then they put a lock on it, and they don't let you show clips on Twitter, and then they go, no one's watching. You don't want me to watch, apparently. You've locked it inside a Michael Jackson sex room that I can't even see on Twitter. It's like a Russian doll. What yeah. are those things called? Yeah, a Russian doll. Yeah. No one's watching. Guys, you're you're actively making people not watch. No, they're not watching because of the lefty specialist. God, I want to throw my fucking microphone through uh, the fucking wall. Yeah, it's, it was interesting going to spring training because the people you see there are diehard fans yeah. of the game. They don't want to see these changes. My point is your core base, like the kid we met in front of us, Adam, who had his scorebook, you can see like he's a, he was a legit diehard fan. Yeah. You see these people, and that's my point. You're effectively changing the game from people who don't want to see changes, and I just don't fully understand that Yeah. one bit. 
And at the end of the day, if I'm going to go to a Dodgers game, by the way, I looked, Reds come into town early. They have a day, weekday. We should go to it. Nice. I want to make. I want to say, since you brought up spring training, I'm making an addendum to the cuck cam rule. Spring training is free. Spring training is free game. You can wear your shit anywhere you want, whatever you want. Because I, one thing I liked about being at spring training is a lot of people, I could tell, were doing what we did. They're a fan, but they want to check out this ballpark, and they want to do this, and they're all in the same place. So some Cubs fan came out to fucking Arizona, and he's just wearing his Cubs gear all around town, and I'm okay with it. Cut cam addendum. Spring training's fair. Okay. Free for everybody. It's a free-for-all. Okay. No cup cam at spring training. It's a cup cam free zone. Yeah. And for baseball. I mean, you can't wear a Pittsburgh Steelers jersey and hat to fucking to, to the ballpark. But you can wear any other team. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, too. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. The Reds coming to town. Day game. Weekday day game. Like April 16th. Great. Like, like noon. We should go. Uh, but my point about that was this. Joe, if we go to Dodger Stadium for a day game, you and I are not going to care if the game lasts three hours and two minutes versus three hours and 15 minutes. What's the goddamn difference? This is my point. What What is their end game? I don't understand it. Also... The the and once you have my ticket money, what do you don't you want me there longer? Don't you want me? You cut off beers in the seventh inning. Don't you want the first inning through the seventh inning to last longer so I can get two more beers? Yeah, it's a good point too. No, it's that they don't know. They're the, it, the Major League Baseball is the complete opposite of David Stern's '90s basketball that brainwashed thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to brainwash people. Make people fucking care about baseball by giving them access to baseball. Yeah. And making it accessible for cheap. You want people to go to something 80 times a year? Make it an easy experience and an affordable experience to go 80 times. Yeah. Can't, cannot reiterate that enough. It's just too goddamn expensive to go to these games. There's a sushi place on Ocean Park and Lincoln. Nonstop sushi. All you can eat sushi. We're going to go. Remember? I owe you an all you can eat yeah. sushi in it. There's another place uh, on uh, Washington over here. This one, fucking incredible. Best sushi I've had besides this other place in Canoga Park. Which one on Washington? It's, it's, it's a, upstairs in that, in that fucking thing right on Washington and Ocean. Like, oh, right there. Up, upstairs? Yeah, 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 I've never eaten at that one. Incredible. Above, I go to the dry cleaners there. Yeah, incredible. My buddy Vin, who's a chef who I had on my podcast, he was like, this is the place to go. He took us. Incredible. I will eat. I mean, the quality compared to nonstop sushi is lights out. Completely world-class fucking sushi over there. But it's expensive. So I'm going to go there when it's a special occasion, and I'm going to go to nonstop for my fucking all-you-can-eat five times as often. Yeah. Okay? If you're trying to get me to the ballpark, be closer to the nonstop sushi. If you're making it where it's like a fucking a special occasion for me to go, I'm not coming 80 times a year. That's why when you look at Yankee Stadium, no one's ever in the seats behind home plate because they're the New York Yankees. And to sit behind home plate should call, shall cost you $5,000 to be in the house next to the house where that Ruth built. Great. No one's going to sit there ever until the playoffs. Maybe if you made that affordable... You'd actually have a baseball team with a fucking baseball fans, not a, just a bunch of fucking, you know, Guidos in the bleachers and cheddar dicks and fucking Patagonia vests and fucking blue collar shirts underneath is scattered throughout the field level. 
God, I hate that I Rob Manfred. I, I mean, he's not Bud Selig, but he's a but he's a Bud Selig fucking knockoff, and Bud Selig's the goddamn devil. And Bud Selig's Bud Selig was the devil, and Bud Selig fucked a she devil, and they made Rob Manfred a fucking super devil. Yeah, it sucks, man. The whole situation, it's not a good, it's just not good. You know what doesn't suck, though, Joe? We are teaming up with our friends to play some fantasy baseball on the draft app. I am so excited about this for two reasons, Andy. One, I love the draft app, and it's the ease of play on the draft app is so great. And two, I love baseball, and I always want to do fantasy baseball, but God, is fantasy baseball a pain? Just setting your lineup every day and uh, pick the the waiver wire and uh, it's just too much. Well, guess what? You don't got to deal with that on the draft app. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players when you play on the draft app automatically get selected. Oh, that's the other thing. And Guys, you'll get the best score every off. week. Yes. And here's the best part. You can play for cold, hard cash, as Randy Moss would say. Straight cash, homie. And you get paid out the next day. Drafts start as low as $1. I'm sorry, $1. $1. Not $1. $1. Tracy Morgan. $1. Yeah, $1. And here's the even better part. I'm working with our friends at Draft to set up a dirty sports league. Yes. Some dirt balls have slid into my DMs asking about Fantasy for baseball. Well, guys, I'm going to make sure we get a draft league with our friends at Draft. So download the Draft app right now. Just search Draft in your app store or play from your computer on Draft.com. This year, they're running a $100,000 best ball championship. Draft the best team, and you can win a piece of $100,000 in prizes. It's that easy. All new players get a free entry into a best ball draft when you're... When you make your first deposit and use promo code DIRTY. That's D-I-R-T-Y. That's right. Just search, Why? Because Draft is better. That's right. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com and come play free with promo code DIRTY. So guys, go ahead and download the Draft I'm app. Really, I'm really, really excited about this. Me too. Especially us having a league. We can take Dirtball's money. They can take our money. Can all play. And just the best part about draft, maybe even better than all those things you listed, is unlike all the other gambling that we do with dirt balls, they're required to pay up front. Yes. They want to compete with us. You get paid the next day. So download the draft app and drop promo code DIRTY to start playing today. Okay. It's been a very festive and energetic episode. So I know J. Lloyd really wants you to go to the mailroom. I know you have one call on here. That you've had listed on here with some somebody's looking for some sort of Prano advice. Yeah, maybe you play that. Good call. And uh, while I listen to that and and give my advice, you can go get our package and and then call, we'll go Prano. from there. Good call. And I'll just keep talking until. Let me just make sure as we get the calls that everything's tuned up here correctly. Look at my look at my knee tan. What's going on, guys? This is Hunter from the two three one, also known as middle of fucking nowhere, Michigan. And Joe, I need some help. So, my dad is a nice basketball head. He has all the stuff. He says all the things that 
you know nice basketball has say, you know, they don't play defense now, uh, they shoot too many threes, like I don't I don't understand it. But is there anything that you have seen in your time on Twitter dealing with trolls that I could say to him that would kind of get him to, to relax that position a little bit? Uh, I mean, I've, I've tried everything. He, he won't argue any with me anymore about the whole LeBron James versus Michael Jordan thing. I like to think I've won that, but, you know, probably not. And my dad's like almost 60, so I guess I could give him a little bit of a pass because he kind of grew up watching 80s and 90s basketball. I know that's not too much of an excuse, but it's the only one I can really think of. Um, any help that you can Give me to win this argument. I greatly appreciate condoms are for the Tigers bullpen. Stay there, boys. Well, we've obviously covered. Thanks for your call. First of all, uh, we obviously have covered at length the nineties um, versus today. But I think I think you said your dad was in in his sixties or fifties. Um, I, I I didn't catch exactly what you said. But either way, the point is is that if your dad's that old, he is also like I have watched 80s basketball and if your dad's in his 50s you know I'm almost 40 so if your dad's in his 50s he even watched some 70s basketball and if your dad's in his 60s he even watched 60s basketball which means the idea like ask your dad was Michael Jordan's era better than Bill Russell's era was Michael Jordan's era better than the late 70s was Michael Jordan's era better than the bird magic 80s because this is where the brainwashing of the American basketball fan comes in like I said before David Stern turned Michael Jordan into the face of the global brand of basketball the magic Bird era made the NBA a game that people should care about. It went from being broadcast on delay to being live games. They put the NBA on the map for real. Those guys did. The next level was when David Stern was like, I'm going to take Michael Jordan and now we're going to go the world. We're going to take over the world. And so if your dad thinks that, the 90s were better than the 80s and the 80s were better than the 70s, then how is it that the next era isn't better? And the other thing to to pose to people who are stuck in the 90s, first of all, look up the hand-checking rule. Hand-checking has been illegal for a while. Yes, it was. Le- they let it go more often in the 90s than they do today, just like they let go guys getting shoved and guys whatever. But the idea like, oh, Jordan couldn't go through the lane against the Pistons in the 80s without getting hammered. It was still a foul. That's why Michael Jordan takes more free throw attempts per game than flopping bitch LeBron James. Not only does Michael Jordan take more free throw attempts per game in his career than flopping bitch LeBron James who sells every foul, but that's including Michael's three years with the Wizards where he wasn't going to the line nearly as much. We're not even to the point in LeBron James' career where his free throw attempts, his field goal attempts, his points per game, his rebounds, until that stuff dips. So the idea that even with the tail end of Michael Jordan's career, he's going to the free throw line more often than LeBron James is proof that he was actually getting more foul calls against him. So this bad boys era, it's like, yeah, maybe they were a little more lenient. The same way in the NFL, 
they're more lenient with big, you know, big hits in the 80s. If you raped a guy on a pass play, it was still a pass interference. So it, it, it's just simple. Like, ask your dad how the 90s is better than the 80s. If, if anybody who's a Michael Jordan is the GOAT fan, how is, why is Michael Jordan the GOAT over Kareem and the GOAT over Bill Russell? And I agree with those people, by the way. He is the goat over those people because the game just got so much more technical. Guys were making jump shots. Guys were playing better defense. The ball moving in transition to a completely different speed. The Showtime Lakers changed the pace of basketball. And that's only improved. The the Rockets' pace of play. The Phoenix Suns with Nash pace of play. It's only gone even further. It It's, again, like we said before, you're, you know, your dad's joining the Indy 500 in a car from the 90s. He ain't going to win, man. He ain't going to win. A fucking Tesla out of the showroom would win the fucking Indy 500 in 1975 because it's a fucking different... Things just improve. So if your dad's saying 90s is better than 80s, 80s is better than 70s. 70s is better than 60s. But 2000s and 2010s are not better than the 90s. Congratulations. Your father was brainwashed by capitalism. David Stern, Gatorade, Nike. Hand checking is not a real thing. It's not a real argument. The three ball, Reggie Miller took 6,500 of them. Well said, Joe. Thank you. Am I going to open this or are we going to get to another Let's call? go. Let's open this thing. Fuck. I mean, this better be the greatest thing that's ever happened because Jay Lay is really oversold at this point. All right. Looks like it's another canvas. It's from Easy Canvas Prints. What do we have here? Oh, boy. It looks like a... A smaller canvas, which I like. We we could we could use definitely some more more smaller size things for this wall of fame. Oh, it is a personalized LeBron goat canvas. Wow. And guess who I see in it? Do you see somebody in it? I don't. Is Jordan in it on the floor? Oh, that's amazing. You on the Lakers. That's incredible. And I think I see me on the very far corner as well. Yeah, you're peeking your head in from the side there. That's This is actually quite amazing. Maybe not oversold enough. Oh, with the Dirty Sports logo and the yellow and purple on the bottom right. I, I think... Oh, my God. He's got Sam Tripoli at the top right. <laughs> Sam Tripoli. Ghost Tripoli. Incredible. Uh, fantastic. I is okay, we got the block in there. Are are Jordan and, and uh Kobe dead? It's pretty awesome. Fantastic. That's going up on the wall immediately. Jay Lloyd. Immediately. Amazing work. A personalized Photoshop. Let me hold this up for the camera so you guys can see some of this. And if you're listening on the audio after I release that. You must go on YouTube and check this out. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. It's not It's not just a personalized LeBron. It's, again, one of these great canvas painting styles. I'm in it. You're in it. 
the ghost of Sam Tripoli's in it. I am assuming Sam Tripoli is dead because of our just arguments that we hit him with. Unbelievable. I like that they just wrap on the side. It's really cool. There, there's a is that Beyonce? Who is that on the right? No. Lisa Leslie? No, not Lisa Leslie. I love that the blocks on there, his rings. Absolutely oh. amazing. It's great. There's a, there's a couple of naked angels putting his crown on his head. I have confirmation from Jay Lloyd on YouTube. Kobe and MJ are yes, confirmed dead. That's awesome. They are dead in this. It's great. Absolutely amazing. Jay Lloyd. Jay Lloyd, well done, sir. Thank you. It'll make it'll make the wall of fame soon. We've got some redecorating to do. We do. I'm thinking maybe right here where the sod poodles thing is and maybe just get a... Poor sod poodles. No, well, I was going to say maybe the sod poodles can get, because it's a bandana, it can get like wrapped down bandana style and go in that blank space where we were going to put the uh, the dirt at the dirty sports symbol. I love that Sam Tripoli made this. I know. Dead, dead ghost Sam Tripoli. <laughs> He'd been murdered by our factual fact-based arguments. Unbelievable. Love it. Okay, let's continue. Let's continue. I'm going to keep looking at this in, in depth. Okay, let's do another NBA call. Let's let's ride this NBA train. Hey, Joe and Andy. This is Tom. I'm calling from uh, Dunkin' Donuts in uh, Cumberland, Rhode Island. And I was on Instagram. Um, this was a little bit a while ago, and I saw a post on my explore on the explore page talking about how Mike D'Antoni took James Harden and Steve Nash and turned them to MVPs. And the um, I know Prano's gonna love this because the uh, five comments I, I scrolled up the five comments I read I see are no cause if I'm not mistaken he hasn't won a ring with any of the MVP teams he's coached. Dot 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 dot. So yeah. Uh, Lakers underscore gang underscore 16X yep. commented, he ruined Kobe, squinty face. Uh, no finals appearance. Him and Mello didn't mix well and fell out of NY, LOL. Uh, overrated coach. Rockets were lost, game seven. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to know what your take is on just, like, Instagram, NBA fans on Instagram because um, – I feel like every time I open my explore page, and I don't use Instagram that much, but when I do, it's like all NBA posts because, I mean, it's like all these posts about how these what ifs or whatnot, and they're or it's all just a bunch of retarded opinions, in my opinion. And just wanted to know, um, stay dirty and uh, condoms after one year contract with the Patriots. Well, I, I think before you hop in, I just want to address, I think the bigger issue with not just, you know, NBA, Instagram or and social media in general, I think we really need to look that social media for me at this juncture has highlighted the stupidity of people. Yeah. So whether no it's... No one's louder and prouder than the dumb. Yes, exactly. So, and it's really highlighted it and particularly on sports and politics so these people who you, you know they always talk about being a tribal being basic and tribalistic with politics 
It needs to be mentioned in sports as you continue to forward to Sam Tripoli. I'm not. I was just rubbing the top corner of this great canvas we got. Um, yeah. So I let me just say I agree 100 percent with what he said because I actually there's a couple of uh, there's a great BS I think it's like BS baseball life or something like that. There's a great it's a great baseball um, Twitter account where it's like ah fuck what's what's the baseball uh, Twitter account baseball. I'm not sure. Um, anyway, there's there's a great Twitter and it's just like lots of great baseball content. Then I was like, you know what? I actually really like this account. And then somebody tagged me in some something about an uh, one of the NBA accounts. There's like uh, NBA, like basketball is life or something like that. So I started following it and I follow I followed it for two days and immediately unfollowed it because every time they would put up something it's just all those the kobe trolls the jordan trolls underneath i don't know what it is we've got we've got we've done too much on this episode about it but like i don't know what it is about the people besides the brainwash culture but even the young kids today that want to get in with just like the most horrific hot takes the, nothing generates worse hot takes in the nba nothing yeah and uh yeah i mean on the mike d'antoni thing it's like uh, again well, I've been critical. You know, we've we've criticized, we've talked about LeBron James and what, uh, you know, the the finals that he's was an underdog in versus a favorite, and his, you know, how he's done in each of those things as compared to Jordan. And what, let's talk about Mike D'Antoni. What, which, which, what playoff series has he lost as a favorite in? I'd assume there's probably might be some when he had the number one seed Suns, correct? Vegas favorite though I I think those number one seeds sons were a lot like the number one seed Rockets where it's like oh the you know the Warriors have a way better team but they're bored and Steph Curry missed 20 games and whatever so you go into the thing it's like everybody has everybody has the Warriors as the as the favorite in last year's Western Conference Finals right yeah everybody has the Shaq Kobe Lakers as a favorite over the Steve Nash Suns regardless of how many games they won Okay. The spur, the 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 Popovich Duncan Spurs. I'd love to know what series Mike D'Antoni has has choked choke lost in. And that's a fair point. Obviously, I've been critical of his playoff record. I've said for him to go to the next level because again, he has set the bar to the point where he's taken teams and players and turned them into things that no other coach could, and then set a level of expectation where they're the one seed. They should be in the finals. It's like, nah, motherfucker. He should be being applauded for making this team the one seed. Well, I think I think it's important to bring back what we say about is watching sports. Guys, Joe and I legitimately watch, and we're open about things we don't watch, right? That's we- why we don't talk fucking Hockey. That's why we don't talk golf. That's why we don't talk tennis. That's why we don't talk UFC. That's why we don't talk fucking... Like, the same reason we don't talk UFC is why some people should only talk UFC. Who are you pointing to? I'm not pointing to anything. I'm fucking... I love this canvas. Just didn't know if you were pointing to uh, another comedian. But there's a reason I have two TVs. I'm serious. There's a reason I have the NFL Sunday package. There's a reason, even when I'm working, like like this is important. Even when I'm doing shit, it's like the other day, I haven't watched much college basketball. I had a lot of work to do Saturday, Prano. I had multiple games going on in the background. Now, granted, I'm not watching those, you know, studiously or whatever, 
But the point is, we're watching these games. So you can talk to your Johnny Hot Take Twitter account or your fucking blowhard who just pops on social media. But guys, if they're not watching the games, they don't know shit. And to bring it back to the 90s thing... And also, if you're watching the game but you don't know what the fuck you're watching, it doesn't mean shit either. So all these old heads, whatever you want to call them, that want to say this and this is better in the 90s and it is not you're just not watching the game right uh, i've said that a million times i mean i mean end of story we've done too much 90s basketball today let's yeah. go on what else we got okay what else do we got oh here, here's you know let's go in the youtube comment section i saw i saw a comment i, I wouldn't mind uh asking you it comes from James Wilson. Joe, I'm visiting New York for the first time next week. What's your favorite place to get a slice? And what's something I should do that's not a typical tourist-like destination to-do list? Okay. Um, I mean, slices... The thing about New York pizza is, like, there's probably a great slice within five blocks of wherever you're staying. So that's that would be my first advice is if you're going to get a slice of pizza, there's probably a great slice. You don't need to go. I mean, if I if go to Joe's Pizza for a slice down in the village, great great slice of pizza. John's Pizza is just down the block from there, and that's a great place to get a full pie. So if you want to do like a pizza day, you can go down and get like a slice and a pie from two great places within a block of each other. Do that back to back. That's a fun like pizza bonanza day. Spumoni Gardens, that you're going to have to fucking go – I mean, it's a hike unless you're staying out in Brooklyn to go out to Spumoni Gardens. But if you're fucking, if you're dead set on going to try like the best pizza in New York, go to Spumoni Gardens. Um, uh, non-typical things to do. There's, there's, you know, um, let's see what what's something I would do. Well, I'd walk a bridge. I'd walk. I'd walk the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, you can do a loop if you want to walk. I think walking New York is fucking fantastic. It, like, let's say um, you're staying in Manhattan, but you want to go check out something in, in Brooklyn. Go walk the Williamsburg Bridge. Go walk the Brooklyn Bridge. I think those are great things to do. You can take uh, ferries across as well. Maybe walk a, walk a bridge and take a ferry back over. Um, the Cloisters, which is uh, up in northern part of the city is like a beautiful, like actual natural beauty. Um, like the, this time of year, probably a lot of flowers blooming up in the cloisters. It's like an old fort. Um, so you could go up there. Uh, what else? Like I've actually never even been to like the new ground zero. I haven't been to like the touristy shit is just, you don't need to do it. Walk the high line, um, which is on the West side in Chelsea. It's like uh, the old raised uh, railroad station or the old railroad tracks that they've turned into a park. I would walk the High Line. Lots of good bars and restaurants over there on the west side by the High Line. Um, so go do that. Those are That's, I guess, my advice off the top of my head. Which actually reminds me. I'm, I'm going to answer a question. I, I totally forgot to respond. I remembered somebody had DM'd us. A dirtball, Tanner, moved out to L.A. Mm-hmm. And kind of a similar question. He actually sent this DM like three weeks ago. So sorry for just getting back to you now. We'll just do it on air. He said he's out in LA for about a year. He lives near Warner Brothers Studios. Okay. He says, I surf and love the outdoors. What are some of your favorite places in the state? In the state? It's a big question, Tanner. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a big question, but uh, in the state, I love North County, San Diego. 
Um, I love like Encinitas and Carlsbad and whatever. If you want to take, you know, you can go down there on a day trip, take the day, go surf, surf North County, San Diego, um, even La Jolla, which is down a little close to the city. All the beaches down in San Diego are fantastic. Santa Barbara is one of my favorite places in, uh, in, in California. Tons of good food, breweries, wineries, uh, Figueroa Brewing Company is there. Uh, tons of wineries is a great taco spot. Uh, I'm forgetting the name. Lucy's maybe. Um, Santa Barbara's fucking awesome. Uh, I mean, the, 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 the drive the coast. I was gonna say there's so many good beach towns, even from here to San Luis Obispo. You know, with Pismo, with uh, God, why am I forgetting the names? Um, what are some of those? Aviva Beach, yeah, all the Avila, whatever it is. Avila, yeah, yeah. yeah. Avalon, is that it? There's just there's so many good little beach towns. If you just drive the one, yeah, I mean that's if you're gonna be here for a year, you should do that at some point. Just drive the PCH. Yeah. Stop, see the fucking, you know, gigantic seals. Go see Hearst Castle like you and your mom did. Go go up. I mean, Carmel. Yeah. And Big Sur. Stop at the Big Sur fucking. I, I, I've rocked the hat on the show a couple times. The Big Sur Deli. Get, stop in Big Sur. Get a deli, get I'm a hungry as shit, sandwich. by the way. Yeah, let's eat. Let's eat after this podcast. Ready. Okay, cool. You want to wrap this up then? By the way, San Francisco and north of San Francisco, beautiful. Yeah. I, lo- I love San Francisco. If you're going to be here for the year, you got to do San Diego, L.A., San Francisco. Yeah, for sure. You got to. Well, we have a lot more calls, but let's let's get to those next episodes. And also, by the way, if you're here for a year, go to fucking Baja. You can drive to Mexico. I'm not going to Mexico anytime soon. You're fucking pussy. Then I am. I'm a pussy. There's nothing to be afraid of. I'm a pussy then. Stop watching fucking... Narcos? Disney Disney Channel fucking drug stories. Narcos? Yeah. That's not Disney, fam. That's Netflix. Okay, guys, let's wrap up this episode. We can probably play some of the calls during our 12-hour marathon, which, once again, opening tip-off Thursday morning, NCAA tournament. I believe the first game... Why don't I just pull it up here? The first game Thursday morning is going to be... 915 tip off. Ooh, Minnesota Louisville is the first game. Some good nice. some good ones to start. So myself, Joe, and Tug Coker will be calling it with some special guests. So subscribe now on YouTube. Get ready for those alerts. And that's basically going to be our podcast on Thursday, just so you guys know. Is we're gonna kind of we're not gonna do another one Wednesday night and then bang another one out for 12 hours yeah, on Thursday. Fuck you guys. I mean, twelve hours. Not fuck you guys, but like no, fuck you guys. That's, we're doing a twelve-hour fucking podcast on Thursday. That's our podcast. Be there. Yeah, be there. Subscribe on YouTube. It's gonna have to go up at some point during that thing. You're gonna have to like upload it or whatever for people or not. I don't even really give a shit. If you're listening to this on the podcast thing, whatever. Subscribe on YouTube. You're gonna be at work. Put it on in the background. You can fucking. We're gonna be out for twelve hours. You'll t- you should be able to tune in at some point. Yeah. So go ahead and do that, and I already see some DMs. We do not have a date set for Amarillo, just so everybody no, knows. No, that, that's, that's part of, if you're interested, message Dirty Sports. Message at The Dirty Sports, because it's hard for me to keep track of and Andy. Keep, do it at The Dirty Sports. If you want to tag us both in it, great. Message at The Dirty Sports so that we can get everybody in this group together, and then we can talk about it, because if you're interested, we want you to be there. So if you're interested... We will try to make it as easy as possible for everybody. Yeah, we're going to try to accommodate everybody. So this is phase one. You're interested? Message us.
Perfect. That's it. Hotline 310-359-8365. Subscribe on YouTube. Drop us an iTunes review. If you use uh, any of our promo codes, send me a screenshot. I have seven packages over there of koozies that I'm sending out today. Uh, So go ahead and do that. Same thing for iTunes reviews. Joe Prano is heading to Alaska soon. You guys should go see him if you're an Alaskan dirtball. First, first week of April, Alaska Before You Die Comedy Festival. I'll be there. I've got a bunch of shows in L.A. this week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So if you're in L.A. and you want to come a show, go to JoePrano.com. Um, packing in packing in dates. Uh, lots, of, lots of different locations and dates will be announced soon. So stay on JoePrano.com. Follow me on Twitter at Fix Your Life. Follow me on Joe Prano. More and more stuff going on Instagram. So... I like I like keeping my things separate, you know. I like there's exclusives, to, yeah, to different social media. So follow me on on both. Follow me on and at Andy Ruther on all of the above. And uh, again, you guys got to check out this Denton report I did with Andy Lazarus. His Puerto Rican story, Puerto Rican's his story of Puerto Rico and this this woman is is fucking insane. So go ahead and check that out on uh, the Denton Report. Okay, guys, it's been a long show. Hopefully you stuck with us the whole time. Thank you to everybody on YouTube who was there for the ride. Get ready. This is just this is basically the beginning of a 12-hour marathon Thursday, March Madness. All right, Dirtballs, thanks for listening. And stay dirty. <laughs>